Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and Merry Happy Everything. Um, I, it's going to be a great show tonight. I want to welcome you here. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. You know, it's really funny. Uh, by the way, you are listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, in case you're wondering where you're at. <laughs> um, but I, I was sitting here, and you know, maybe it's just the time of the season, but it's like I'm forgetting something. And, you know, and it's almost time to start the show, and I'm looking around, and it's like, okay, checklist in my brain. Let's get this going here. You know, I, I've got a cup of coffee. I've got a cup of apple juice. I've got my quiet food, which is a poppy seed <laughs> muffin to eat during the show. Um, I've got my notebook sitting out here. I've got my pen. I've got a second pen in case I drop a pen. I've got a third pen in case one of the pens runs out of ink and I drop the first one. So I'm not going to lose my pens. I've got my prompts done. I've written down your homework for the week. I've got the track picked out to play at the beginning of the show. I've got my notes sitting here. I've got my other notebook with a whole list of all of you callers. I mean, I can't think of what I'm forgetting, but it just feels like I am. You know, maybe it's just that time of year where there's so many plates spinning that it's just all a blur. But we'll figure out. I know there's something. And during the course of the show, the mystery is to figure out what did I forget to do before the show. Did that make sense? I'm not sure. All right, guys, if you want to call in tonight and read, the number is 646-595-3965. That is 646-595-3965. If you are interested in putting together a workshop for us or with us, uh, you are more than welcome to do that. We run those as special shows as we as we do them. Uh, you do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. Basically, it's a way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time together talking about and sharing things about the craft that we love, which is writing. So you can do an actual workshop, which we've done um, two of those in the past, where you, you know, by the end of the workshop, you actually have a finish. So we walk you step-by-step step through the process of writing lines and coming up with a finished poem at the end. You can do a show talking about a certain poetry form. Maybe pick your favorite poet, your favorite era of poetry, the history of poetry, the relevancy of poetry. Whatever it is you want to do the show on. You can pre-record these, meaning you can record them on your own computer with a headset and a mic and send me over an MP3 file. We can record them live. If you'd like to just call them, we can do a private show and record it. Uh, we can also do a show where part of it is pre-recorded and part of it's live. So we could play the pre-recorded MP3 track at the beginning of the show and then come on live and have some pod, uh, audience, audience participation that way if you want. All right, so just shoot me over a message. Probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Facebook. You can send me, if I'm not on your contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. All right? And let me know what you'd like to put together. We'll get that scheduled. Next, I want to thank one sapien, James, one sapien, 
Star Sevron, and Roy Murdoch. I want to thank you guys so much for helping to sponsor the show this year on behalf of all of us here and the poets. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, they uh, Every year we have our licensing come up, which in fact is coming up in, I think it's the end of January this year. But our licensing comes up and it's, it's uh, you know, X amount of dollars to... Uh, keep our licensing for broadcasting for three years or three hours, three hours every Thursday. Um, and so, Star Sevron and James, One Sapien and Roy Murdoch all helped sponsor the show this year, uh, for this year, last year. Um, and I just want to thank them from all of us. Appreciate it. That was kind of my my little plug, letting you know that it's that the time's coming up again for the licensing fees. My little segue into there. I didn't do that very gracefully, did I? That's ah, okay. All right. So anyway, yeah. I want to thank you guys for helping keep us on the air three hours. Next, at the beginning of every show, I give you homework, and I give out a writing prompt. Uh, a writing prompt is designed to actually plant a seed for a poem. It can be the title. It can be the inspiration for It can be a line in the poem. Uh, it can be whatever you want, but it has to create a poem. It is a prompt. So plant the seed, see where it grows, whatever direction you take it in. All right, so the prompt this week, I was downtown, and there was one of those guys, and I don't know if he, he was being pretty cheesy, so I don't know if he was being serious or if he was just being the guy on the corner this time of year. Uh, but he was, you know, he, he looked too chipper and well-groomed to be the, the typical, you know, uh, media depiction of the guy standing on the corner with this big sandwich board on his chest that says the end is near. And, you know, I thought, you know, has that become a icon, you know, for in, in our Christmas spirit? Has that become an icon that, that that guy standing on the corner with that sandwich board over his chest? Is, yeah. Anyway, so I was, I, it just kind of made me laugh. And I went to take a picture of it. My cell phone battery was dead, which I just uh, was so upset because that would have been pretty cool. To me, it just struck me as funny. Um so that's your prompt for this week. You get to be the guy on the corner with a sandwich board. And why the end is it near? There's so many different reasons why. If you asked each guy, it would be a different reason. So you're going to be that guy, okay? So for your prompt this week, I want you to be that guy on the corner with the sandwich board on your chest screaming out, the end is near. But tell us why. Tell us why the end is near. Uh, for your reason. Your reason why. I mean, it could be because when you walked into Starbucks this morning, they ran out of cups, you know, and so the and the, the end of the world is just coming because I did not get my cup of coffee, you know, um, or I ripped the guy's headlight off of his Mercedes and used that as my cup because I was not going to go without my morning cup, whatever it is. So anyway, that's your prompt for this week, or uh, yeah, your prompt. So your writing exercise, this one's going to be kind of fun. Your writing exercise is going to be, by the way, you guys, I'm going, to, I'm going to throw this in there real quick, and that's the reason that I chose this exercise for this week. I was had, like, almost never have spare time, but I was in a situation where I had to sit still for a while and not make any noise and all of this stuff. And so I sat down and watched a movie. And as a writer or any creative person who deals with a muse, but especially writers, there is a show out there, and I don't care. You know, we, uh, That's why at the beginning of the show I always say Merry, Happy, Everything, because I believe that there was only one creation and all religions stemmed off that one creation. And so we're all actually celebrating the same thing. 
so I don't I don't uh, adhere myself to any one religious belief. I just believe in the one creation of all people, and so Mary, happy everything. All right. So that's why I say that. Now, there's this the movie that I watched. It's called The Man Who Invented Christmas. Okay, if you have not seen that yet, even if you don't believe in Christmas, you know, I I mean, my best friend, one of my very best friends, she's Jewish, practicing, and, but she sat down and watched this movie with me, not because it was a Christmas movie, but because it was a movie about a writer, and that's what this movie is really about. So I don't care what your religious affiliation is, you need to watch this movie about a writer, all right, and it's called The Man Who Invented Christmas. All of us <laughs> will appreciate this movie way more, I think, than somebody who just goes and sits down and watches it as a movie about Christmas. It's not a movie about Christmas. It is about a man who is a writer and his muses. And you have to see this show. It is incredible. I I could probably sit down and watch it 20 times in a row and just be delighted with it and just tickled with it and laugh and you know, do the whole face palm thing because I got it. It was awesome. So... Part of the the show is the show's I'm I'm not giving it away because it says it in the I mean this isn't this isn't a um, spoiler alert uh, but the movie is about the the writing of the story the Christmas Carol the Christmas Carol so I was thinking about you know how the whole theme of that show is charity is brotherly love is you know. Just be good to be good to each other, as as Bill and Ted would say. Be excellent to each other. That's it. Um, so, I want you to give three gifts for this week's homework. You know, homework is supposed to make you sweat, do something out of the ordinary. You know, take you out of your comfort zone a little. It doesn't always have to mean mean you have to have a pen in your hand to do that, because we have to have input in our lives in order to have output, and input comes from human experience and not just from the end of a pen. So you have to have human experience in order to have something come out the end of that pen is my whole point. So what I want you to do is I want you to go out there, find the time this week to sit down and click on some friends' pages and look at some of the posts that they've left. Your homework is to read three poems from your peers, your Facebook buddies, and leave a comment. Give those gifts of love, random, out of the blue, unexpected acts of charity, which they really shouldn't be because we should all support and and that. But sometimes we get busy and we don't always. So just just go love bomb someone's poem that they posted. Leave a comment. Three. Three of them this week. Okay. So that is your homework. Now, next part. Before we get to the callers, by the way, once again, the number to call in if you'd like to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Alrighty. So at the beginning of every show, we always play an audio track. And I've got one here. I played heck getting it on here, um, but we got it done. This is a, a poem, a brand new one by Michael Todd. It's called Christmas's Semi-Centennial Celebration. So we are going to start the show playing this, and then we're going to get to the callers. If you're, if you have an audio track or an MP3 of work that you've uh, recorded, you can email those to me. The word that's in the email address, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. 
thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All right, and we can get those uploaded under the show's library and play them for the world. So in the spirit of Merry Happy Everything, this is Michael Todd with Christmas's Semi-Centennial Celebration. Here we go. Christmas Semi-Centennial Celebration by Michael Todd. Christmas bells sounding heretofore, church bells ringing in the distance, bell on the hotel desk, room for more, Salvation Army Santa rings, persistence. The sound of wound snow globe chimes serves as a makeshift music box voice. Tambourines acceptable in these times. Carolers singing requests. Your choice? A kettle hangs in front of the mill near a trail where the river bends. Resonance alters as it begins to fill. Charity offers efforts to make amends. The air is heavy. Substantial goodwill. Moments causation seemingly never ends. Incentive overwhelms the winter chill in this season of heartfelt dividends. Hand in hand we stroll up the hill to celebrate with family and friend as time itself is brought to a still, all who in part have proffer to extend. Cascading along the cedar green rows, winds impeding challenge but a whit. Carolers singing, striding in a pose, trace of snowfall, an added benefit. Soon all revelers will vanish inside, even bells quiet, time is growing late. From here a Merry Christmas implied among our modest township in 1968. You know, I absolutely love, I love Michael Todd anyway, one of my bestest favorite people in the whole world, but I love the way that he writes. I, he writes inside out and backwards and as amazing as that was to listen to, this is one of those pieces that you, all of his pieces are like that, that you can sit down and read it. And then you read it again. And every time you read it, it's like you go, oh, I didn't see that the first time. <laughs> Just an incredibly talented, talented writer. And I'm really proud to have been able to bring that to you today. So once again, that was Christmas's Semi-Centennial Celebration by Michael Todd. Alrighty. Now, I already did the part where, see, I didn't forget anything. It's weird. Okay, so anyway, I once again, I don't know what I forgot. <laughs> Maybe I forgot to, I forgot to forget something. That's what it is, you guys. Okay, so um, what comes next? The number to call in, if you would like to call in and read tonight, is 646-595-3965. Once again, 646-595-3965. We uh, do take callers in the order that you call in, so listen for your telephone area code. When I do bring you on, this is really important, even though you and I may know that we know who each other is and all that good stuff, we are on radio and other people can't see with our brains. And so you want to make sure you introduce yourself. It's really, really important to introduce yourself. Uh, If for no other reason than you want people to know who's reading and the best reason of all is you do not want to send your work out there in the universe untagged. You want to make sure you always attach your name to your work when you're sending it out. All right, so make sure that you introduce yourself. Looking at the phone lines right now, um, we're going to start out doing two poems. You can read two poems if you would like. One or two, depends on you. Uh, If the lines get too full in a little bit, then we may push that back to just one poem for time reasons. But right now it looks like we're good at doing two, so you can read two pieces. then when you're done reading, it's really, really important, you guys, to give out your URL. You want people to be able to come visit with you, get to know you and your work better. 
Okay. And then lastly, remember that we have a mature rating. That means you're bound to hear just about anything with the exception of adult erotica. We don't need bumping body parts, you know, no tab A into slot B. Please don't get too graphic with it. Otherwise, you're good to go. Okay, and our first three callers, I want to kind of give you the lineup so you have a heads up so you'll know when you're coming on. Our first caller comes from area code 220, then we have 989, and then 731. So those will be our first three callers for the evening. Um, there was something else I was going to say real quick. Now I'm inventing things for me too. Oh, okay, so we are having some issues with the site tonight. The chat room is up and open uh, there's been was a bunch of updates on the computer systems, so your Adobe Flash has probably been recently a pretty major update. So if you can't get into the chat room, it's going to ask you to prompt to use your Adobe and or just keep poking with a stick, and it'll it'll eventually the computer will catch up with it and it'll it'll pop you into the chat room. So if you're trying to get into the chat room, just keep trying. Uh, if you're having problems with the phone lines, then uh, Go ahead and just keep trying. I'm almost thinking that this is maybe a DOS attack. I'm not sure. But we'll see. We'll see how we do. Anyway, so, yeah, if you're trying to get in on the lines, just keep trying. I want to let area code 216 know that you are not in the lineup. So if you want to read tonight, 216, press 1. If you're here just listening, appreciate you, love you, and you change your mind at any moment, you can press 1, and it will pop you into the lineup. So it's 216. 216, if you want to come on and read, please press 1. All right, now. As I said, our first caller is going to come from 220. 220, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla, Sean Tucker here. How are you doing? Hey, Sean, I was just thinking about you today. How are you doing? Oh, were you thinking good things or bad things? I was thinking good things. I was thinking about what a part of this foundation and this show you are. Hey, I really appreciate that. Wow. You know, you want to um, know what it was really is that every once, every fourth week, you know, like I can do these events and I, I publicize them on social networks and I jump on my Facebook page and I'm sending out the thing. Well, every four weeks, Facebook limits you to only being able to invite 50 people to an event, you know, and um, normally when I do that, I, it's, you know, like three, 4,000 people I can, I can send the notice out to, uh, but it's like, and so I'm sitting there today saying, okay, I've only got, and I was going down my list of people um, that are regulars on the show, and it's like, who do I have to send those 50 out to that may need the reminder? And I got to your name, and I'm thinking, no, he's part of the family. I don't need to send him a re- reminder. He'll be here. Oh, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, um, I'm not sure if it automatically sends them out, but I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, no, nah. no, he's, 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 yeah. I know. So that's, <laughs> yep. that's what I was thinking of. I definitely know. Every Thursday, 8 o'clock, because I'm Eastern time. So, But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, you're going to – you might laugh at this one. Um, I had a piece picked out, and I was like – sometimes when I'm on the uh, the 15-minute wait for the show to start, I'll, like, rehearse reading my uh, piece because it's muted, or at least I hope it was. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I thought, you know what? This is the same old stuff. This is the same old stuff, and I'm calling in with another one of the same old Sean Tucker phones. So I said, screw it. I literally, there was about 12 minutes left till the show started. Opened up 
my little notepad. I actually write my drafts in uh, my Gmail. But anyway, I started from scratch and wrote a whole new poem in about 11 minutes. And so I started rehearsing that during the intro of the show. I ran through it about two times, and I thought, you know what? This is quickly becoming one of my favorite pieces. So I'm, like, super excited to share this one with you. It's way different than what you're used to doing. Yeah. You know, so what you did, what you basically did, Sean, was you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And I always tell yeah. writers that they have to have input in order to have output, and you're explaining exactly why. If we don't feed our brains, our brains can only feed off what's in there. And pretty soon, and I noticed myself doing this and, and the whole process of it, but pretty soon you're writing the exact same poem 50 different ways, but you're really saying the mm-hmm. same thing. You know, and you walk, you, you write yourself into a hole, and you don't know how to get mm-hmm. out, and all of a sudden you blame writer's block when it's not writer's block. You know, so what you did was you sat there and you said, "This is this is my, you know, my normal amazingness, but maybe I'm going to try something different that is just going to get a little messy." I always say, "Get messy with your music." So you tried to write something different. You push you out of your comfort zone. You looked at something different, and you wrote this piece, and you love it. You know, yeah. so I. Yeah, it's a perfect example of why I tell you guys to push yourselves, have fun, play. Don't worry about creating a masterpiece every single time. Just sit down and write. Remember why we do this. So, thank you for yeah. for letting me point that out again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so without any further explanation, this piece pretty well speaks for itself. But this one, I'm going to go ahead and get into. It is titled Contemplation. I can do this. I think I can do this. Eyelids wide open, though I'm wishing they were still closed. Pupils enlarged. My static brain's daze is scattered. Far from focused. Overwhelmed. At the thought of my next step required to accomplish anything. I can't do this. I'm thinking, I just can't do this. I close my eyes for a brief moment, only to get more angry. I'm laying face down, though my brain is right side up. You know what? I can do this. I will do this. Three, two, one, here we go. Up. I did it. I got out of bed today. In peace. I can see why that is absolutely one of your favorites. I think it is mine too. You know, everyone. Oh. I, t- I tell people this. Now, seriously, you know, I tell people a lot of things because I talk a lot. But sometimes I say something and it's true. And, it, and well, everything I say is true. At least I think it's true when I say it. <laughs> I would never say, intentionally say anything. Mm-hmm. True. But what I mean is, it it's. Every once in a while, I say something profound. I'm trying how to say this. Every once in a while, I say something earth-shattering, okay? It's <laughs> yeah. amongst all the rubble and ramble. But mm. I always tell writers not to be afraid to write. And again, it talks about what you did with this poem. You just sat down and you said, I'm going to write this. And you wrote it in 11 minutes. And it is amazing. Mm. Amazingly enough for wow. me to point out this. All right. 
in our lifetimes, the reason we need to write a lot and just write without care and not put the pressure mm-hmm. of sitting down and every time we sit down and write, we think we have to write a masterpiece. No, you don't. You just have to move your pen. Okay, so just write, mm-hmm. have fun, write, write, write. Because in our lifetimes, we are going to write a handful, a small handful of great poems. And we're going yeah. to write a whole armload of good poems while we're floating in an ocean of crap that we've written. Okay? So, you ha- you know, everything that you write is not going to be amazing. I love you guys, but I'm sorry that's true. Not everything you write is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you write is going to be good. And there is going to be those shining moments where you just write something great. Okay? Mm-hmm. For me, this poem right here would be in one of your greats. As it wow. sits, untouched. In 11 cool. minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, because I'll, I'll, anybody, I'll like, let anybody that's seriously, Sean, anyone who's laid in bed, all right, yeah. and felt that, that anxiety, that, you know, whatever the monster was on the floor, you know, and sometimes it isn't even a monster. Sometimes it's just that it's the floor. You know, mm-hmm. there's, we've all been at that place one point, even if it's one morning out of our entire lives, we know that feeling and it, it was it's perfect yeah. i love it i absolutely love that poem that makes me happy about um the way i did that because i think more than what every writer thinks every reader thinks that they want to feel like they were there they want to feel like they're the author like they're the, like a vicarious experience like mm-hmm. and that is what i tried to do with this piece and i feel like maybe i did it I think that that's the goal of, I mean, the ultimate goal of a writer is to write something that, I mean, I think that's what defines one of our greats. When we write something that provokes an emotional response, not just a, I read this, oh, it's nice, but something that you read that you cried because of, that you felt physically, mm-hmm. visual, you know, just tangibly emotionally respond to that makes a great poem and i think that as writers that's something we should all strive for is to write something so true so pure so real so hard and harsh and beautiful and fucked up that it's Mm -hmm. right there in the reader's face and they can't look away they can't get away because it's a reflection Mm -hmm. no matter what turn what which way they turn they're still inside your poem i think that's what I think that's the ultimate. We we all want to write those poems. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to hear the crap the um, the same old Sean Tucker poem that I have picked out too? <laughs> you, yeah, sure. Because you get to read too. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to it. <laughs> um, so I still think it's a good one, but I just felt like it was the same old thing. So maybe for anyone who hasn't heard me read on here before, they'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." But to me, I, I, um, so yeah, this piece I'm going to go ahead and get into. What a horrible introduction to a poem, anyway. But um, <laughs> here's my bastard stepson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, this one ain't too long, but it, I like it. Um, this one is currently untitled, so here we go. Picking up all the pieces of so many good and bad days gone by. 
I prayed for this fresh start. But now the pressure sinks in. I can't lie. Seems like I've given this life all I can give. But it keeps begging for more for me. Hidden tears amongst an ocean of memories drift upon this motivation that no longer seems lost at sea. Seems I've given this life all I can give. But this crazy life will not get the best of me. My best, I promise, you have yet to see. I take a deep breath in. And I count to three. This time, something's got to give. This has never meant more to me. Bracing myself for all the good and bad days to come. Pieces may fade me, but they will not break me until I'm done. Yesterday was a blessing, but my best days are yet to come. In peace. You're right about that being... When you think of, of Sean Tucker, that's the type of poem you, that you think of because you mm-hmm. have that, that beautiful way of creating that imagery and stuff. And it made me think the difference between – so that out of the two poems you read, the first one was far superior, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So yeah. when I say you're going to write a lot of good things and then you're going to write something great – you know, this is this is a fantastic poem that you wrote. You know, and it's really good, and I absolutely love it. You know, and then you have the yeah. other one you wrote, which is one in one of your greats. You don't have you don't do a lot of the. I think what's different between the two mm-hmm. is all of the the imagery. You know, it's it's really easy to write well one way. It's hard to write okay. well in more than one way. You know, and you do. Yeah. When you wrote the first one, there was there was none of none of the buffers. Imagery is a buffer. You're trying to take some somebody someplace. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're you're throwing yeah. a brick between someone's eye. One, they just get the brick between the eye. Two, you slow the brick down and walk them through the process and the you know, how you're getting the brick there and why the brick's important and taking some of the sting out of the brick, hit, the brick hitting between the eyes. You know, that's that's the, the yeah. amazing amazing part of being able to write with really strong imagery, which you do. You know, so both of them are absolutely They were both just phenomenal. But I, li- I liked you. that you brought that up. I liked that it was some, you said there was something different from you, you know, because it shows what we do when we explore, when, when we are, are explorers. You know, when we never get right. too big for our britches and always try to push ourselves more and have fun and explore. You know, yeah. I like I, I like I, uh, it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback because that helps. I mean, that's reassuring. I knew, like I said earlier, of course, like I'm, I feel like I do work that people can enjoy, but I feel like it's getting to the same old thing, like I said before. So, I appreciate your feedback, because that's reassuring that like you said, getting out of your comfort zone really did help, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. thank you. You know, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're very <laughs> welcome, love. Alright, do mm-hmm. me a favor, Sean. Tell everyone how they can find you. On Facebook, search Sean Tucker Poetry. And actually, I finally got the website back up and running. It's com. 
Uh, either one, they're both kind of interlaced, but you guys can check that out and feel free to keep in touch, add me or, you know, any message me, anything if you guys want to talk about stuff. So I like to interact with people too. So, so there we go. All right, Sean. Great job tonight, hon. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Hey, um, if I wait a while, you think there'll be time to call in later? It depends. The board's kind of filling up, so I think that we're getting some of our lines back. Just go ahead and press 1. That'll take you out of the lineup. Press 1 again, and it'll put you back in the lineup. And if it rotates through, then you can be able to read a second one. But I never know because all the first-time callers that haven't been answered always go on top of the people who who are coming back. So it just depends on how it it flows through the lineup on on the board. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Well, hey, I had fun tonight, so awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great, great start to the show. Thank you so much, hon. All right. See you, Nyla. <laughs> Bye, hon. All right. So the lines are starting to fill up just a bit, so you can still read two poems, but they have to be shorter poems. You can't do two long epic ones. Um, so right now do one normal poem or two short ones. And uh, if the lines get any fuller, we may need to switch back. But we'll see. We'll see how this continues on. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's George Wiley. Hey, George. What's up, sweetheart? Oh, just winter's the shortest day of the year is what's up. (laughs) Which means the longest time between sunlight and sunlight. Um, And in Michigan, you can add you know, to make that even more morose than it sounds. But uh, it's the equinox it tonight. I don't know if it's tonight. I I used to just say the twentieth. I don't know. I I don't know if it's the twenty first or twenty second or twentieth. But I never specifically looked for it. I just know that this is either the shortest or one of the shortest days of the year. And uh, yeah. but when the, a sol- no a solstice. One, it's the winter solstice. That's what it is. Yeah, winter, winter solstice. solstice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it but, celebrates and it's celebrate pagan times. It was celebrated as the rebirth, uh, the birth of from one season to the next, the new beginning. Right. Kind of like it's the, it was like the pagan right. new year. That's right, exactly. The druids and the celts and so forth. See, um, mm-hmm. but the uh, one thing about it is that for a sun star person like me, it um, it becomes. Uh, some kind of optimism because tomorrow starts to get longer. (laughs) Just barely, like a minute on each end of the day or something like along that line. Okay, well, I won't spend much time on this. I wrote two poems. They're both short. And one is called In a Waiting Room. In a waiting room recently, a nurse was putting up Christmas decorations a woman started arguing loudly on her cell phone. The television showed the president damning somebody. The nurse slipped on the ladder and dropped the light string. A patient came out of the office crying on her way to her car. A child vomited on his chair, and his mom hit him for it. The nurse took the light string away, the room left undecorated. On the television, the president puffed himself up. The cell phone woman began to curse aloud. Merry Christmas to all. To all a good night. Wow. Wow. That was phenomenal. 
thank you. I obviously I'm loaded with irony at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And food too, but and BS too, perhaps. Um, okay. The, it's kind, it's kind of hard to get excited oh. about Christmas when you know how that Santa has so few stops to make anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got my, I get my, he brings my lump of coal every year, and I'm happy <laughs> with it. <laughs> one of the, uh, one of the true stories, um, when I was in an office for years, and uh, one of the people that worked for me, we had, we had pretty good spirited, you know, area. She brought me a. She would bring me a lump of coal every year, <laughs> and you know somebody said, "Isn't that bother you?" I said, "Oh hell no! I think it's an honor. <laughs> At least she knows paying attention. I'm alive." But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> At least it's nice that someone sees the real me. You know. No, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's the only one that was honest with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, the second one um, is called Did I Blister Our Best Chances? Did I drop the verbal shard? Did I blast you with my bitters? Gower out your heart? Did I tangle your heart's innards? Would I scar what makes you thee? Would I damn the future perfect? Would I hurt the usness of we? Would I scourge what we reflect? Might I find here some repeal? Might I bandage some arrears? Might you seek a place to heal? Might you blend in the good years? Can we gather up the fixings? Can we make a meal of those? Can we build us up more tidings? Can we? What do you suppose? I loved it. I love. There's a line in there. It really stuck out to me. It was uh, the usness of we. Yes. Yeah. Not only is it a neat way to say it, but it sounds really pretty on the on the tongue. The usness yeah, of we. Yeah. It's I almost like you're speaking French. It. Yes. Yes, it's the we. We we. The usness of yeah, we. Yeah. I say it fast um, enough and with an accent. It's really sexy. <laughs> I used to, you know, I used to um, used to read and write French a little bit. Couldn't speak it for a lick in, in France when I tried to embarrass myself. But I, but I could um, <laughs> embarrass my my wife too. What are you doing? <laughs> Why is the waiter taking his clothes off? When the hell did you just order? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, next next year we're, we're going to go tour Highway 66 for vacation. We're not going out of state or out of country ever again. <laughs> Grand Canyon sounds good. Anyway, it's the only place I can she can let me go is someplace where I can't do anybody any harm. And uh, <laughs> verbal harm anyway. Oh, it was hilarious, and, and and it was our honeymoon too in Paris, and we have um what. The thing is, he pretended not to speak English because that's sort of the starting position for a lot of the sort of arrogant waiters in, in Paris. They're not all arrogant or anything, 
but serve the Saudi thing as well. Hey, American, ugly American, I'm going to uh, pretend I don't know what you're talking about. But then as soon as I started butchering my French and slaughtering it, and even my wife understood what he was saying to me when I didn't, um, and she didn't have any French, um, he finally spoke up in English and told me about the cheese sideboard, the cheese on the sideboard or something of this little restaurant. I said, oh, well, that even made me feel worse because all along he could have helped me, you know. <laughs> ah, but travel, so much fun. Anyway. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll get off and let someone else come aboard, but um, I want to... Um, I think I'll stay on for another poem or two a little later on. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, honey. Oh, tell everyone how to find you. You can't leave without doing that. All right. Um, I have a a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes, and I also have a few pieces on um, allpoetry.com and, uh, oh, the WPOM poetry site once in a while I post too. I guess that's it. All right, sweetheart. Great job, honey. Appreciate it so much. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye, sweetie. All right, Mr. George. Our next caller comes from area code 734. 734, you are on the air. Hello, this is Dennis White from Michigan. Hey, Dennis. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing great. I heard my buddy George on ahead of me and Sean Tucker. Oh, this is going to be a great show tonight. (laughs) It always is a great show. Merry, happy everything. Merry, happy everything. Doesn't that just sound wonderful? Uh, It sounds a a bit generic to me, but that's okay. You know, I just I That's I okay. think about it. People I, walk I around all the time that. and say Merry Christmas, and I wouldn't. You know, even though there would be no harm through my ignorance for not knowing, but you know, if I say you know Merry Christmas to somebody that believes something totally different, you know, it can provoke a totally different response than what my intentions were. You know, I, I so it's, it's kind of like yes. not gender labeling. If I don't religion label anybody and I say Merry Happy Everything, they know that. What I'm saying is a true act of kindness to them. I'm hoping. That's my theory behind it. I know, but it's not always easy dancing on eggshells. <laughs> my boyfriend tells me that I dance between raindrops. Is that the same thing? Well, we'll, we'll let it be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Okay, go ahead, honey. <laughs> All right. Uh, my first poem... Uh, I, I, I hope I'm not to offend anybody. The title is Best Gift Ever. When I was but five years of age, I remember Christmas off memories page. I got a big red fire engine. I felt so clever. And I thought, this is the best gift ever. When I was seven, I received a brand new wagon. Sure thought I had big reason for bragging. Neighbor got a pogo stick. Oh, poor Trevor. Because I knew I got the best gift ever. When I was 10, 
I got my first new bike. Riding tall, forgetting the trike. To improve my riding skills was my endeavor. I knew I got the best gift ever. When I was 13, my first BB gun. I knew right then I'd, I'd have some fun. Had a shiny finish and a rifleman lever. I was sure it was the best gift ever. So many Christmases have come and gone. From child to man, my life has drawn. Each gift I had been given for a reason was love expressed each Christmas season. This love was shared from my parents true was but a reflection of the God they knew and God's son as a babe was given so my sins and pride could be forgiven. With this in mind, with a grateful heart, I opened my eyes for a fresh new start and realized that God's love is forever and Jesus is the best gift ever. End of poem. Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal piece. That was beautiful, sweetheart. Thank you. You know, I I love the way it it talks about just, you know, the maturity, the growing up, the realizing, you know, the things you don't understand when you're young and the lessons we learn in life, you know, and the, the things that we're taught, the things that we believe, the things that we hold dear and sacred and important to us and how that changes us as people. You know, it's just, you know, absolutely beautiful piece, honey. Well, it showed you. that there were some there shows there were some amazing hands in the making of you to write that poem. Well, I believe there was. I've been blessed. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. Uh, yes. And I have another quick quick poem, but it's a cover poem. If you okay. don't mind. Okay. The uh title of this one is Talking Turkey and it was written by Benjamin Zephaniah. And I wrote to Benjamin Zephaniah and uh, asked him if it would be all right if I read this poem in public. And he says, you can on one, with one stipulation that you read it in your best Jamaican accent. So, here we go. Talking turkey. Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. Because turkeys just want to have fun. Turkeys are cool. Turkeys are wicked. And every turkey has a mum. Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. Don't eat it. Keep it alive. It could be your mate and not on your plate. Say, yo, turkey, I am on your side. I got lots of friends who are turkeys, and all of them fear Christmas time. They want to enjoy it. They say humans destroy it, and humans are out of their mind. Yeah, I got lots of friends who are turkeys. 
they all have a right to a life not to be caged up or genetically made up by any farmer and his wife. Turkeys just want to play reggae. Turkeys just want to hip-hop. Can you imagine a nice young turkey saying, Oh, I cannot wait for the chop. Turkeys like getting presents. They want to watch Christmas TV. Turkeys have brains, and turkeys feel pain in many ways, like ooh and me. I once knew a turkey called a turkey. He said, Benji, explain to me, please. Who put the turkey in Christmas? And what happens to those Christmas trees? I say, I'm not so sure, turkey. But it's nothing to do with Christmas. Humans are greedy and waste more than need be. And businessman Nick Malone's a cash. Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. Invite them indoor for some greens. Let them eat cake and let them partake in a plate of organic grown beans. Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. And spare them the cut of the knife. Join Turkeys United and they'll be delighted and you'll make new friends for life. In the poem, a poem by <laughs> Benjamin Zephaniah. <laughs> I want one of Benjamin's turkeys because I used to have two turkeys. I had a female named Madonna, and I had a big, huge male, Tom Turkey, named, um, oh, God, what was it, Rodman, Dennis, after Dennis Rodman. So it was Madonna and Dennis Rodman. And Madonna was Madonna because she, always, she was always plucking her chest feathers out and running around with her bosom out. So that's why I named her Madonna because, you know, she, her bosom was always bare. Um, so, and then Rodman, of course, because he had the brightly colored head like Tom Turkey's have, the red and purples, and and that's when he had his hair real crazy. So, that, But they were mean. I mean, we used to sit there and draw straws, and someone would have to go over to the fence and rattle the fence on one side of the pasture while someone else opened the gate, ran through the pasture to the barn door, and got into the barn door and slammed the do- barn door shut before the turkey realized that someone was just distracting him. And, somebody, and, the, and then we would sit there, and we would have to do the same thing. Whoever was in the barn would yell, okay, I'm ready to come out. And we'd have to go and shake the fence again to get the turkeys all over the other side of the pasture so that that person could make a, a run for the fence and get out of the pasture because they were mean. Yeah. And poor little Floyd, one time he's running across pasture as fast as he can and he falls down. And it's like that moment in the movie when time just stops and everybody's eyes stare at each other. And it's like, oh no. You know, and you know that, that, you know, and and then everybody's, it's like all of a sudden fast motion. They're running and banging on the fence, and and, but the turkey sees him, man. Turkey's going for him, and we can't distract him, and he's got, like, tunnel vision like a bulldog. I I want one of this guy's turkeys because, you know, I would be nice to that turkey, but my turkeys, no. Everybody gets a fork for my turkeys. (laughs) 
That was absolutely an amazingly fun poem. It was a fun poem to begin with, but with my history in turkeys and being able to have the, you know that comparison, it made it even more yeah. fun for me to hear. But that was awesome. I'm so glad you chose to share that. Well, thank you for allowing me and uh, taking up enough time. I want to uh, let you know that you can my some of my poetry you can find at allpoetry.com. And uh, I write under the name of Haiku Bless You with hyphens between the words. So if you want to look up some of my poetry there, there it may be found. So I'm going to step aside, let the next poet step up to the mic, and I'm going to say God bless. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week, honey. And merry happy everything. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, sweetie. Bye-bye Thank for you. Now. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Great job there. All right, our next caller comes from area code seven three one seven three one. You're on the air. Hello, Nala. This is Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Michael. What's going Hi, on? Been... Thank you, by the way, for the poem. You guys that may not know, this is Michael, the piece that we started the show with, and you can tell us anything about that if you'd like to uh, here in a second. But he's uh, who sent me the MP3 file, the track that we played at the beginning of the show. So thank you for doing that. We got her done. Well, the person I, we need to thank is Michael McCartney from The Time Machine. Uh, he's a radio disc jockey in Maui, Hawaii, and uh mm-hmm. And we got together on that the other night, and I sent him the recordings, and he pieced it all together. He engineered it. And believe oh, that's me, awesome. I, I, really, I cannot talk a minute and 20 seconds without breathing like he had me doing. So that's pretty amazing. How he did that. <laughs> you know, that's what's so fun. That's why I tell people, you know, if you want to pre-record your workshops you do, you can sit there and decide what kind of a workshop you want to do. And you can sit there and with your computer and, and mic and you know, pre-record it, and you can edit it, and take out all the sniffs and the, the. Oh, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You don't believe how many takes I do when I produce my pieces, my spoken word things. Ugh, it's crazy. <clears throat> anyway, uh, since you played that one right there, and I didn't think I was going to have be able to be here, and now I am. So I had to dig something up from a long time ago. I had to go back six years to find the. I've not written that many Christmas poems in my life. Um, anyway, put one on my Facebook page today, but it's not really a poem. It's just a little ditty, and I just had, I had a we had a really unique picture with my oldest daughter and I. Somebody took a a uh, a legitimate real Polaroid picture of us last night at a Christmas party, our birthday party, and it, it's crazy. I still looking. love Polaroid cameras. I didn't know they still made one, but the youngest daughter had one. Said, "Hey, y'all, get over here and smile and take your picture." And she did, so we toyed around with it a little bit and, and made it a ghostly image. So, there, that's a different story. The poem I'm going to read tonight, let me go fast because this thing is really, really long. It's like two or three minutes long. Um, there's this girl, and her, her name's Cindy. I'm not sure. I haven't heard from her in a long, long, long time. But way back when, she was like a MySpace friend, and and uh, and she was talking about... Christmas decorations, getting those out and whatever, and it got me thinking about cards, and I got a little nostalgic. So, so I wrote the poem is called Cindy's Christmas Cards, and it was dedicated to her way back when, and and it was done in the year 2012, and it actually says that in the poem. Okay, 
This is Cindy's Christmas Cards. Today was a good day for her to gather in the mail. She opens to gaze on the image and phrases entailed. Gone are those that speak in and of 20 and 12. Arrange them all in order and appropriately shelve. Such as it is as we seek to display our holiday decor. For her it is firm tradition, yet it is so much more. She has come in her time to know and understand within her grasp destined to be legacies in hand. She steals away to a corner with treasures stored and silent seclusion brings to light cherished hoard. To untie the ribbon, she carefully pulls one strand and memories leap out as if awaiting her command. Christmas cards from bygone days, friendly ghosts. The ones she kept, those she admired the most. Some with surface tempered and worn as if embossed, not one word superficial, not a single meaning lost. Winter snow, tree lights aglow, corners fairly worn, wise men standing before a cradle, images reborn. Candy and flowers, those respect holiday theme, candles shining upon a hearth seems to cast a gleam. Snow glow balanced in the palm of a child's hand. Outdoor lights hanging in rows, strand by strand. An entire village pops up, church steeples showing. Or you can make a wish on this bright star glowing. Some speak in prose while others stake and rhyme. Several are as artifacts professing date and time. Each have a common steadfast place in her heart, in kind playing a role in her tale, an integral part. Tis Christmas magic that allows ancestry to appear in their youth, times past and gone, now seem near enough she could reach, touch, see them as they were, when she was but a child, memories manifest and stir. They seem to speak in solemn, thinly veiled voices, between laughter and tears, affording varied choices. Once each is granted vision, she pauses to reflect, returns them back to their home each without neglect. She gained the measure of each, all the images allow. Sugar canes can be counted on when walking on a cloud. Scattered glitter lingers, and in case you didn't know, reindeer flying beneath the moon never cast a shadow. Impulm. I love that. And the last line, that's incredible. That was fantastic, Michael. Thank you, ma'am. I loved it. The last line. I don't know why that last line really stuck with me. Reindeer flying under the moon never cast a shadow. Something like that, right? Reindeer flying beneath the moon never cast a shadow. That's correct. Amazing. All right, my darling. You know the drill. This is where I tell people how to come and find me, and I have my own blog spot, and it's called MikeTodd.blogspot.com, and I can't spell my name properly, so it came out M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D.blogspot.com, but that sure did make me unique. Otherwise, I would have just been one more guy that was married to Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I like the way you spell it. If I, if I had a, a Michael, that's how I would spell it. 
I like cool things like Cindy, C-Y instead of C-I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now it's time for me to step aside and make room for more real poets to come in. Thank you, and y'all have a very, very Merry Christmas, and I'm loving the holiday theme, and I love you. Bye. Love you too, sweetie. Bye-bye, honey. All right, our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give you the next three callers so you kind of know where you are. We have five four. Let me, uh, let me change that. Five four zero. Then we have eight three two, and then four one nine. And then looking down further, I want to let area code two one six, which maybe Mama. I'm not sure. Uh, know that you are not in the lineup. So two one six, if you want to come on and read, please press one. Otherwise, if you're just listening. Glad you're here, and press 1 at any time if you'd like to join the show and come on. All right, so our next caller comes from area code, as I said, 540. 540, you're on the air. Well, hey, happy, merry, everything from Philip's Church (laughs) in Virginia. Hi, Philip. How are you, sweetheart? No, I'm doing pretty good, but my cat's getting in my way here. Hang on, i got to get him off my... There we go. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he did not sound happy about being moved at all. Oh, there he goes again. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm having fun. <laughs> oh, how are you doing, Nala? I am doing really well. I I am doing really well. It's been a fantastic week. They yeah, all good. I, uh... <clears throat> I've had a tradition at at my church. Uh, every Christmas Eve, they do a, a candlelight service, and I would go up and and recite my Christmas poem. And uh, because of my health and all, I'm not going to be able to do that this year. So, I'd like to do it here on your show. Please. Yeah. Okay. And it's a little long, so this will be the only one I'll do. But. Uh, uh, it's called Christmas is Here, and here we go. Once again, Christmas is here, such a very special time of the year with chilly and brilliant, starry, silent nights, neighborhoods all aglow with Christmas lights, hearts being warmed by the Yule log, candy and cookies with custard and nog. Little faces with big eyes filled with wonder, believing in love and spirit that they're under. Remember, just like them, wishing for that one special toy, learning about the Magi's gift and the little drummer boy, or wiping away the tears from how much it meant seeing the change in old Scrooge as he chose to repent and how sweetly Linus recited what he had to say, teaching Charlie Brown the true meaning of the day, being reminded of simpler times filled with so much fun, knowing that the real gift was love when Ralphie got his BB gun. Seeing our hometowns transformed with decorations displayed while standing on the corner watching the Christmas parade Warm homes filled with wonderful aromas like gifts from above. Evergreen sweetness mixed with goodies prepared by hands of love. Hearing those beloved voices whilst repeating their chide when presents were shaken trying to discover what's inside. 
keeping a close eye on the weather if the temperature's low. Told us the one day each year nearly everyone wants snow. Families gathering early, still sleepy in their night clothes worn, watching rumpus children tear away gift wrap in the early morn. When grown-ups gather the young, forgetting all the world's danger, and teach them about angels, wise men, shepherds, and the manger. Because in the end, there can be no doubt, that's what the whole season's really about. Our Father, for all of us, in order to save, loves us so well with the gift that he gave, that in the battle for our lives, the victory was won by the child we celebrate, God's only begotten Son. Because of that wonderful gift, our eternal lives are held tight, and by his Spirit, he's right here with us right now, tonight. Because of the first best Christmas gift, our lives can become as new that gift endures, still offered to the world, including me and you. So no matter the season, whether summer, spring, or fall, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, well, that's the best gift of all. Merry, happy, everything. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. You know, it, it's amazing how much of that just... I mean, it's such a nostalgic piece. We were all seeing our own family table. You know, we were all yep. seeing, you know, it, it was it was so good. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about watching the movie, and it's, it's like, you're going to shoot your eye out, you're going to shoot your eye out, and that stupid leg lamp. And, you know, just so much of that brought back imagery from my youth. You know, and and like little snapshots. I call them slice of thank life you. poems. It was amazing. No, thank you. And a fantastic message as well. Well, thank you very much, and thank you so much because it, it, you know, I, it was kind of bothering me that I wasn't going to be able to do it at the church this year. But uh, you know, this is this is good, and you will have it in the archives. So. And uh, I guess we won't be speaking uh, until after Christmas, so happy holidays to you and everybody else. And uh, I reckon if you if you want to find me, you can find me, Philip Church, on Facebook, or you can find me uh, on Amazon. Uh, that's where all my books and stuff are at. And uh, just uh, hope everybody has a happy and safe holiday. And I guess I'll Thank be back you, here next sweetheart. week. All right. We love you, honey. Thank you so much for those beautiful words. Love you, too. All right, hon. Bye-bye, sweetheart. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. uh... Hey, Blue. How are you, love? Yeah. All right. Yeah, humbug. Listening to him. Humbug. Well, let's say, let's say, if you really, but but if you want to hear the Texas version of that, yeah, I, I can give you the Texas version of that. It, it's not exactly pretty, but it'll it'll tell you what it is. 
<laughs> is, is it arable? I'm scared now. <laughs> well, let's put let's put it this way. There's just there's there's one one word that you know the 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 bomb in there, but uh, but the rest of it's just basically you know just saying where where it's at. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm, I'm a, back. and I yeah well you know. I can say I got I got the I got the more uh, salty version of that that I could actually say because it's uh, <laughs> I can say that's that's you know being Texan that's that's where it's at with me. But oh, uh, getting all off on on that. Um, I have to I have time for two shorts. Two shorts. Okay. Okay. Because do you write shorts? I just want to. Well, this one is kind of short just because it's it's basically trying to make a point in terms of, you know, the uh of uh, a specific topic. And then the other one's just kind of short just because of uh, the kind of paper it's written on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I guess, sorry. I, guess, I know, only had a match. I'm calling it short, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All you right. Know. Mark is okay. that guy. All right. Uh, uh, make sure I'm at the beginning of all this nonsense too. Um... Oh, okay, never mind. I'm... Okay, uh, all right. Uh, I will tell you the story so that you know, will know that it is so. They call my people the Great Osage. They say it is for purposes of federal recognition. It is not our name. Osage comes from the corrupted French Osage, which is a corruption of one of our clan names, Wojage, meaning water portions of earth. The name of my people is Niuvonska. Oh, yes. Niuvonska, meaning they of the midwaters. The confluence, the meeting of two rivers, ska, our word for white, where the rivers meet, white water, and no matter how often it descends, it will always rise to the surface once again. Mikshinda Nilvonska, I am of they of the midwaters. They call us Great Osage. That is not our name. I have told you this story so that you will know that it is so. Chon, it is done. It is what I have been told. And peace. That's probably one of my favorite things I've heard you read in a long time. I think it's like really it's it's like a selfie of you. Yeah, it can it has that. Mm -hmm. Got that to it. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is uh, called uh, Shadow Pictures. You look at an old movie of my people's and you think it is just an old movie. You sneer and say it has no worth. You describe what you see of old techniques and point out the telltale faults of how your people filmed it. But there is something you forgot. It is what you always forget because you has uh, because as you devalue the cinematography, 
presuppose that that is inconclusive of everything. You have a disconnection to the power of words, language, EA. You forget that dialogue is more than just verbation, verbatim. You forget that regardless of inspired or memorized, there is truth. Just as there are those who do not need a camera to live their lives, who need no special effects to carry off what your ignorance won't give proper expression. You forget that words are spoken with the breath of the creator and so should be given the honor of truth, not as a mask, nor as a shield of shimmering gilded lies. But as they are, I read my mental movies. I relate to the songs of spirits, mediums I have always known, fleshed or no. And should you tell me my books have no worth, that they are the lesser of what should be asked for, I shall thrash you within an inch of the breath you spew at me and mine. You look at an old movie of my people's and you see paint, grease, feathers, and leathers, facade, and you still have no clue of who we are as Red Earth. You are as ignorant as when you're unwashed and wretched landed upon our shores. You would like it if I were quiet. I will own, speak on louder, abrading your sodden clay, that of your existence. You want to bury all that you, with your perfidity and patriotism, want to lay rest. I shall resurrect it all. Because if you're going to wave a flag, I'm going to make sure your dumbass knows what you're waving. In truth, and all your lies and window dressing won't save you. Don't you get it? Your masters are through with you. They're looking for an excuse to be rid of you with all the rest of their refuse, Egypt. You should have been paying attention to the lessons meted out. You look at an old movie of my people's cowboys and Indians. You're as blind as you have ever been. We shall leave you here. We are the ghost road born, and we are always walking our way home. Nonke ujongi ubekni. In peace. You know, it's it's really funny. You're reading that piece, and I'm thinking about how sad, but how really true it is, is that, you know, if you were to ask... Um, Anybody, you know, quote, quote, what do you know about Indians? You know, even in this day and age, you would get the Hollywood answer. You know, you would you would get the the stereotype because you're right, that's all they know. You know, what we've been hand-fed, what we've been spoon-fed, you know. 
It's funny, and that you know, you're you're you would probably be able to answer this question, but it's like, you know, what is even the correct term? You know, if you talk about being politically correct, you know, not Native American, because this isn't, you know, yeah. you aren't Americans. You know, the nope. the people who wave the flags of conquerorship are the Americans. You know, I always say the people. You know, indigenous people yeah. seems too informal. It's just the people. We are the people. You know, that's... And that's a lot of what I, the translations are to the various the Native nations. It's, you know, form yeah. of... It is a form of that, that phrase, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I usually say Native blood, you know, just because it's uh, that kind of covers it all. And, uh, mm-hmm. again, you know, like you say, you're right, that, uh, you know, Native American with a... Uh, as one of my elder brothers says, it's that is only the inclusion of the experience, if you will, beginning with the days of colonialism. And being Native, we are older than that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at it, we could be considered, you know, the the uh, the OG in terms of uh, the dual dual citizenship. Because we were born native, you know, born to sovereign nations. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, uh, yes, you've always been here. But, okay, now in 1924, we're going to recognize you as being U.S. citizens. Well, you stupid little. (laughs) We We don't need you to recognize us. We don't need you to tell us who we are. Either way. You know, it's funny, there was a line there was a line in that poem that I think that, you know, your next book you put together or start selecting um mm-hmm. poems into a, a file that will eventually go into you know, this with book the book with this theme. But it just it's just stood out as you know, there's everyone says don't judge a book by its cover. For those of you working on books, it's a lie. People do judge you on your cover. You know, think about how many times do you, when you go into a bookshop, do you pick up the boring gray book with, you know, little block text letters, or do you see that shiny, pretty book, and it's got an interesting title and an interesting image on it, you know, and and it's something, the title is just awesome. It doesn't just say the works of, you know, but it has this amazing title or the ma- you know you do judge a book that's your book's first Im- you know impression that that challenges to get them to pick your book up and then find the treasure inside you know but if you don't put as much work into the cover of your book as you do what's inside of it it's not going to get picked up and it'll be lost on the shelf so people do judge books by its cover so i'm the reason that i got into all that is because the line in there makes me think of a great title like if you your next collection the, the, and it would make me pick the book up is the reason I, I say that it, stu- it just stuck out as the perfect title for a, a collection by you and that is you would like it if I were quiet tell me if you saw a book with that title I mean first of all it's a great title for a, a, what you write the po- the poetry mm-hmm. you write you know you would like but tell me that there's not a better uh, that is that is you you oh, need yeah. to work on a well, collection of books yeah. or do it work on a book called You Would Like It If I Were Quiet. I would pick that up in a heartbeat. Well, let's put it this way. I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to put that up on a on a, on a CD recording. That would be awesome. And then send it yeah. to me, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get you a copy of that. 
And oh, don't say, got, oh, yeah, uh, like you um, do. How many of your recordings do I actually oh, no. have on this show? Well, no, I, no, I know that. I know. <laughs> it, it, my, my thing has just been, it's, it's been a, it, I've got some, let's put it this way, I've got some already that are on, on disc like that, but they don't represent what I'm doing now in terms of my work, and I don't really want to. I understand. Yeah, it's like going backwards, you know, baby poop, and it's like, nah, man, I ain't putting that out in front of, no. Yesterday, so watch for it coming you, soon, you not guys. go out in front of the crowd. <laughs> watch for it coming soon, a new book by Soldier yeah. Blue Blue called You Would Like It If yeah. I Were Quiet. And it'll be dedicated Next, to you. Next, on Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you I won't write take it, any more you write time. it, I'll I, send it to Oprah, okay? Okay, I'll do that. All right, we got that then. Um, <laughs> you can find me at, uh, at Facebook under Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses it'll say Soldier Blue, and that's me. That's where I'm at awesome. with it. All right, sweetheart. Absolutely fantastic job tonight. Thank you. I appreciate you it, as it. always, being able to get up in here and, and speak a little bit on the show. Well, we appreciate you doing it. It's important. It's important that you do. So, Mary, happy everything to you, love, and uh, happy winter solstice day. There you go. That's a good work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a good evening. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, honey. Yes, ma'am. All, All right. right. Bye. All right. Next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Good evening, Miss Nyla. It's Agent 419. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, sweetheart? Re- reporting for duty. <laughs> no, I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. I, You know, it's been this crazy, crazy week, and and it feels like I've got a lot done, but I know that I haven't done anything, and, and I'm in just this fantastic mood, and I've got this super big secret that I can't tell any of you yet. Um, Uh-oh. I know, right? So I'm Your secret's like the, safe with me. <laughs> the cat was. I'm getting married. Oh. oh. I'm joking. Oh. oh. <laughs> or am My I? My heart is broke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's just like it's just been a fantastic week. I'm having so much fun with you guys tonight. Oh. <laughs> that's good. That's good. There's a lot of good pieces already. Uh, but I picked one called The Fast Lane, and I wrote it kind of as a song. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm, it's like a lyrical poem piece or whatever. And so any of you guys that back. write music that want to work with her and help her put her poem song to music, um, that would be like a really cool, fun collab thing to work on. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, it's entitled The Fast Lane. Okay. If, oh, I don't. Did I say my name was Shelly Gambino? By the way, I don't know if I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get a I get a <laughs> okay, F grade tonight. Okay, so fast lane. If you're riding in the fast lane, you better pick up your pace. No time to slow down now, as our journeys are our race. Never looking back now, leaving the path behind. I'm gonna keep on trucking, and forward is the way. Gonna leave this town now, so get out of my way. When you're riding in the fast lane, you need to accelerate. Nothing is in my way now, not the red and the blue. Go ahead and write your ticket. I've gotten quite a few. So when you're riding in the fast lane, there's no need to go slow. We are all on our own mission, and time keeps moving on. 
Nothing to keep me here now. There's no reason left to stay. Never turning back once. No one to block my way. So if I am on your bumper, please accelerate and take a right to exit and do not hesitate. For my life is in this journey and time does not stand still. Believe I'll slow down and doubt I ever will. So if you wind up in the fast lane, never to look back. Be prepared to max the throttle and give it all the gas. Never to slow down now as life is in the years. As a contender of this race, God will always steer. There is no turning back now as I leave it all to God, traveling at my own pace now as the slow ones move aside. So if you're riding in the fast lane, you better hold on tight. I'm closing the gap now, and your rear view pulls my sight. I'm approaching fast now, coming up from behind. I live my life for the race and will not waste more time. Moving forward, never looking back eyes upon the open road as I barrel down the track, for it is my journey that leads me to take the lead, and for this very fact now is the reason that I speed. Life, it never slows down, at least not for me. Choice is all my own now as I travel down the road, forward in any direction, I refuse to go slow. Each day draws me closer to the finish line, and when I finally cross it, I'll need no longer drive. So when you're riding in the fast lane, you better pick up your pace. There is no time for slow pokes when I entered into this race. For our journeys are all defined for each and every one of us. Our pace is all our own now, and in the end, we all will win. Win. So when you're, wait, no, no. Yeah, that's the end of it. I kind of had other things up there, but I don't want to read them. (laughs) I thought that was awesome. And so anyone that can help her put that to music put that to, that would be fun and it does it does have that rhythm to it yeah i tried with my acoustic guitar but i can't play guitar so that's a problem i have <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean i can sing like how i wanted it written but i can't do the music part and i got one that's kind of a contemplation because i know someone read one on contemplation um but can i read mine it's really it's really short shelly doesn't write short poetry <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Creation of Man. Picking up the pieces one at a time, the pile, it got bigger as the years fly by, whittling them down one by one. It's a slow start, but it's getting done. Living this life, trying to find my place, not quite understanding the human race. The proponents of man, complicated to say the least. If I had to choose, I would pick beast. Relating rarely to my gender, I'll never understand. Why did God create the complicated? Why did God create man? <laughs> why? This is a simple question. Why? Yeah, why? It's so complicated. I don't understand. Oh, boy. So, yeah, that's my pieces for tonight. <laughs> Great job, sweetheart. All right. Well, thank you. And now, are you not on next week, right? Um, are you, next, what are you on next Thursday? Week? Or are you taking a break? I don't know. Somebody I'll be on next week. Vote. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I was thinking because it's Christmas, I'll have to say Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> no, I'll be here. But Merry Christmas to Aww. you as well. Merry happy everything. <laughs> that, aw, thank you. I need that. <laughs> You're welcome, so. sweetheart. Aww. We'll talk to you soon, thank baby. You. Yep, have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. All righty. So our next caller dun, 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 comes from area code 256. Two, or no. I'm sorry. Is it two five six? 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me check this. I think I my board just hiccuped. Two five six. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Norma? Okay. Good evening. So when Shelley hung up, it made the board flip, and I answered the wrong call. <laughs> it got me kind of messed up. So hey, sweetie, how are you? I'm fine. This is Stan Phillips. Indeed, it is. So what's been going on this week, Stan? Oh, actually. My internet completely crashed. Uh-oh. So right now, I'm just pretty much running on a phone. That does a, Well, at least you can call into the show. Yeah, I could do that. That makes and me happy. I okay. And I had enough sense to shift a few things over to the phone so I'd actually have something to read. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. But see, this is yes. why I say, even if you write it on the computer first, you should all have a journal. Either A, write in your journal, or B, when you write something on your computer, take five minutes to write it down in your journal so you've got a hard copy of it. True, because right now everything that I had on the uh, memory of this thing is, is gone. <laughs> Every piece is gone, and until I get the internet back, I'm going to have to go back through all my references and bring them all back up again. Mm-hmm. Yes, so much fun. <laughs> Technology is so much fun. <laughs> this is true. Yes. All right. Happy everything to you too. Thank you. Thank you. So, which one? Which one did you have? Which one did you miraculously have with you tonight? Well, actually, I've got two. The first one is actually homework, and I did a nice, quick brevity with cranberry candle. Oh, awesome! And here it is: cranberry candle, scent of relived memories. Holidays and kin in peace. That was that was incredible, and you're right. Short. I you know, for spoken word artists, one of the things that and I tell people this all the time. One of the things that I really love is a well written short piece because it's hard to do. It's hard to condense yeah. a powerful powerful or try to condense what you're trying to say into a very few words when we have so many to play with. I know, and that's the amazing thing like with James Rothline because James puts so much in a very compact form. He does. That piece that he started the show with today, I absolutely love that piece. I know. That's what I'm saying. That is definitely his forte. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed it is. All right, love. So this is actually sort of a sort of a little tale that I've titled Blessings and Prophets. An old man approaches a large department store's front doors. Though it's the Christmas season, the parking lot is nearly empty and peaceful. This seems disturbing to him. 
As he nears the main entrance, he abruptly stops. The automatic doors didn't open. He tries pushing on them, only to find them locked. What is this? Doors locked on a Monday? He thinks. He sees inside employees hustling and busy, then notes a sign on the door. Closed for inventory. This is Mr. G's. They are always open on a Monday. What the hell, he mumbles. Raising his cane, he wraps it loudly against the steel framing of the glass doors. A clerk hurrying by notes the cantankerous old fellow at the door and freezes. Could that be, she ponders as she looks closer. Her eyes widen as she realizes who she sees. Fumbling for a key, she rushes to open the door. The old man enters, attired in an old-style three-piece suit with gold watch chain on his vest. From hat to heels, a picture of fashion from a bygone era. I'm sorry, Mr. G. I didn't know it was you. We have no idea you will be here. Oh, Merry Christmas, sir, she says nervously. That's all right, Jenny girl, Mr. G assures her. You all seem very busy today with this inventory, he groused a little. Yes, sir, Jenny affirms. There's so much to count and sort out. Mr. G smiles, takes hold of her hand and pats it. Do me a favor, dear girl, he says, smiling. Find my son and have him meet me here. Of course, Mr. G, and smiling, hurried to find his son, the manager. Waited, he took in the scene, the store full of employees, all from the neighborhood, working in so many aisles of goods, a far cry from the little corner market back in the day. He smiled seeing his son approach the family's business and future in his hands. Raising his arms, he and his son hug, their traditional greeting of family bonding and love. As the embrace ends, his son asks, Dad, what are you doing here? With a smile but concerned voice, the old man replied, I think more important is what are you doing? It's a Monday. With our customers getting geared up for the holidays and our doors are closed. Son smiles at the old man and says, Dad, we're taking an inventory to better assess our profits before and after the season. By establishing a starting point, we can make a more accurate accounting of the profits. Our starting point, you say, muses Mr. G. Do your old man a favor. Stay right here until I get back. His son, a bit annoyed, but dutifully agrees to wait. Mr. G makes his way to his office and desk. He picks up an, and empties his cigar box from his cigars from their box and proceeds back into the main store. He travels aisle by aisle and picks items here and there, putting them in his box. As he walks back toward his son, he fetches a few coins from his pocket and adds them to his box. Smiling, he hands the box to his son. His son looks confused and a little concerned, asks, Dad, what is this about? 
Mr. G smiles and states, I just took our inventory, son. Perplexed, his son says, what are you talking about? We have a store full of product. The old man gently shakes his head, smiling. After a moment, he raises his eyes and explains, you said inventory is to establish our starting point. Well, when I first came to this country, this is what I started with. In a cigar box, I had a pair of scissors, three needles, two spools of thread, a pocket knife, measuring tape, and a few coins. All of this we have since been blessed with. This is our profit. Now open the damn doors. In peace. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Oh, that was incredible. I am so glad you shared that one. That was just a joy. Oh, thank you. That was an old, old joke. I, I can't even tell you how old that thing is. My dad told it to me, and someone had to have told it to him. <laughs> I kind of modernized it with the automatic doors and all that, but basically that was the old story. It was incredible. That's, this is our starting point. This is what I had in a cigar box. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect read, my love. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good one for Christmas. Maybe we should be grateful for the blessings we have instead of worrying about those to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, <laughs> sweetie, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come visit you. Well, you can find me on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, hopefully, if things work out, on World Poetry Open Mic. You can also find me with the... the uh, Epiphany Group, whether it's the Inspiration Factory, let's talk about it. Uh, Poetic Madness on Saturdays. You can also find me on Friends of Woods, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. Uh, And also the Outlaw Poetry Group. And the group, uh, the Garden of Poetry and Prose, which is an anthology group. You can find me in the anthology of the Outlaw Poets, which is We're in Cahoots. In the 2018 and the 2017 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic, all of them on Amazon. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, we are going to see you next week? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Great job tonight, baby. Thank you, Nyla, and on to the next. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye, hon. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Yes, this is Sean. How are you? I am doing wonderful, Sean. How are you doing, sweetheart? Okay. Uh, This one is called uh, Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Is this because you told me, you told me, wait, wait, wait. You told me you were oh. going to try writing a crappy poem, so I would tell you that you wrote a crappy poem. This isn't it, is it? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a pill. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. A blog talk radio is a place where you could go to have your voice heard. Yeah, it is a great place to even be a bit absurd. 
commercial or not commercial in nature, with advertisements or no advertisements, even Nyla Alicia is on there with a speakeasy alcoholic place for others. No, just kidding. Prohibition ended a long time ago. She's okay. Speakeasy is here, non-alcoholic. It's just, it's just for political purposes. If writing purposes, blog talk radio is great. <laughs> Have you tried it before as a host? A person who is needing to speak your voice? Or maybe you just are someone who likes to interview others for fun. See Blog Talk Radio. It goes from premium silver at 30 $39.99 a month, all the way with an unlimited podcast storage and up to two hours of shows per day with 50 live concurrent callers. Eight episodes allowed to upload a day. Isn't that great? To the premium platform and platinum version for up to $240. $49 a month. Wow. It's so exciting to know that Blog Talk Radio is so great to express your view. Your views on and on and on and ways of being. Thank you, Blog Talk. Thank you. And people. <laughs> You know that I used to work for Blog Talk Radio. You did? And I recognize so much of that from from their presentation page. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now now I'm going to have to uh I'm going to have to get a hold of Mandy and have her come listen to the show and tell them they need to use that as a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna become this overnight internet sensation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be good. I don't know. <laughs> you are so adorable. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm. Yeah, that was that was a poem from. Just uh, you know, something different outside. You know, so sometimes I just like to have a one, like to just see something, and if I don't really know about it, I'll try to say something. I'll try to just write about it or say anything I can about it. And then if I don't know much about it, I'll I'll learn about it and then go back and, and try to write something more concrete about what a, it is that I'm uh, writing on. Mm-hmm. Well, I liked it. I think Blog Talk Radio is pretty neat, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I get to spend time with you every week. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. It's very, it's very inspiring. Blog Talk Radio, it really is. 
Mm-hmm. You can find anything on here. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, my dear. You know what to do now. Um, am I... Okay. I'm on, uh... The the purity of com. That's my blog. Uh, also... Um, I have on uh, f- Facebook, Sean Liebel, uh, Scribd.com, SK- slash SKL2012, and SoundCloud. Um, I am the solution on SoundCloud. Awesome. All right, Sean, fantastic job tonight. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. All right, now we have area code 216. 216, you're on the air. 216, are you there? I can't hear you if you are. 216, 216. Just in case it's Mama listening. And she is not there yet, but she is muted because I can't hear her. Let's go ahead and try bringing her on again. 216, are you with me? Yes. Mama? I'm here. I'm here. I can hear you. You're kind of low, but I can hear you. Are you with me? Yes. But I'm getting an echo again. Oh, that's uh-huh. the, oh, I gotta turn the uh, the big screen off. Hold on. <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Kind of low, but I can hear you. Oh, okay. I gotta turn the big screen. Like the off. Twilight Zone. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay, I had the big screen on, listening to everybody. I started off with my head covered up in the bed, and then when the other shine wrote that poem, <laughs> it made me get up. Take the clothes off. And, like I can, yes, I can. I can get out of bed. <laughs> you know, I did it. Morning. I did it. Yay! <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I have days That's like that. It's like I I wake up and I look out and I say I don't want to get up. If I get up, I'm gonna have to talk to people and do things. Right. <laughs> That's right. And that is exactly right. So I um wrote a poem. A while back, but I just edited it. Did it? Did it? Did it? How do you edit it? You know, the I correct did. term to say that is, um, I did edit, not I edited it. Okay. I do that all the time because it, once you, it's fun. It's like slipping on ice. Seriously, it's like slipping on ice. Once your tongue gets in the did 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 did, it just can't stop till it just kind of coasts, and you're left sitting there on your butt saying, "Wow, did I just say that out loud?" Edited it, 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 it. <laughs> I did edit. Okay. Okay, I, okay, this is a poem that I wrote a while back, but I just did edit. It. <laughs> edit. We'll get this, Mama. Stick with me. I got your back. <laughs> okay. It's called A Real Happy Meal. And it goes like this. I can stop laughing. Wait a minute. It's not erotica, is it? 
No, it's not a funny poem either. It's kind of a real okay. happy meal. Oh. No, why would you think a real happy meal would be all right? Nyla. I don't I don't know because you're my mama and I love you and yourself. Um, behave yourself. I'm trying to get into a serious mood here. Okay. Okay. Home. Okay. Children should be safe in school. And there should be an uproar. Even more than an uproar, there should be an outpour. More people getting involved. As this should be the overall, all the wild concept, save all of our children, all of God's children. If these children's deaths don't wake us up, then they will have died in vain. Many little angels have shed a light in some dark corners. I will not let this go unnoticed, nor should you. The world is your backyard. Just look out of your window. Do not wait to do something great. Do it now. When you are hungry, you eat. When you are sleepy, you sleep. Help some child do the same. Start in your backyard. Children are dying for a wall that's really a fence. Fake charities to make you win. Makes no sense. Monitor foster parent programs. Stay on top of the abuse. Help reduce sexual abuse. Be accessible and of use. A go-to heroine or hero becomes visual. Be vigilant. Watch and stop this crap happening to our food. The subliminal. New rules. Banning the genuine. Everything is relevant and causes a reaction of change. Imagine the pain instead of love being their universal language. And we all understand it. Some of us won't stand for it. Out of the charity of the heart comes compassion. Be compassionate and concerned. If nothing else, be an example of what change can be. Today, I look away. I look the other way. I look for something good, something that's real. I have no desire for a happy meal. Instead, I gave a child homemade herbal soup, a hug, and a look. Took off his coat, and he tore that soup up. The children need love, nutrition, and in all things discipline. I could hear him moan inside as the love from the big hug connected, inducted the love into a neglected socket. That means real love. His meal was a real meal, a happy meal. On your back, carry a child away from unhealthy food charms. And if you can do no more, at least sound the alarm about the food that causes harm. Offer a box of raisins or put a few grapes in their pocket. The leaders have disdain. They've made it plain. They have no love for good things, such as children, women, and nature. Money is their God. But who is yours? What God allows you to stand aside and gawk? You won't even talk. Now we're all eating slop, a real happy meal. 
Yeah, I love the human responsibility for human connection that I hear in that piece. That was fantastic, Mama. Thank you. Thank you. I mean what I say. We gotta stop this mess from happening. It's just really gotta stop. I mean, what the heck is really going on? Everything that was good is now no more good. I mean, mm-hmm. even down to the food. He just he just um did some mumbling. I don't even think he understood what he read when he said that uh, he wanted it, you know, the generic food to take over and it was gonna even pass a law that there would be no more uh natural um Organic food, even allowed. Some kind of crazy mess is going Mama. on. Soylent mm-hmm. green is people. Yeah, that's soylent green. What I'm talking about this crazy stuff. Where they don't want the farmers. You're, to go you've you've seen that movie, right? That old movie. Yeah, back in the day, but it's even past soylent that. Green eating is people. people. I, I think I would rather eat people than eat what what they're serving now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. You know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist type person, but, you know, they talk about, you know, all this money that gets poured into, you know, curing this and curing that and all these foods and things things that are put into foods like ammonia being put in cigarettes. Now, someone says, you know, well, smoking's not going to kill me. My grandpa was, you know, lived to be 109, and he smoked every day of his life. Well, the cigarettes he smoked didn't have the stuff that the, uh, the tobacco companies are putting into it, like ammonia. In the 70s, it was passed that, that, was a, that there was food-grade ammonia. So they put food, ammonia, which is a highly addictive agent, in cigarettes. In, so, if, you know, you're smoking ammonia intentionally put in there so that you get addicted to smoking their product. You know, they don't care about your health. And, you know, there's, there, who wants good health? Because, you know, the big pharma companies, you know, that run the world would make no money. They don't want us healthy. They, don't, they want us sick and they want us buying their products and so they live happy lives and, you know, it, your poem made me think about all that too. You know, one, yeah, that's all it, it just, that's the, the whole true. cause and effect chain event. Why is there crappy food? You know, why is this stuff, you know, getting advertised down the throats of our children and, you know, who does it benefit? Well, that, you know, they're saving all the good stuff for themselves and they, 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 um, don't want the uh, they they don't want us to survive or thrive, and it's just making a uh, impossible situation because children can't think if they don't have nutrition. And it's I just grew up be drinking going well water when I was a kid. My parents' property had a well on it, so I grew up drinking well water. And about 20 years ago, they got a hold of my mom and told her that she could no longer have a well. She had an artesian underground well. Um, I mean, some of the most amazing. It had a fountain that was built back in the 20s and everything people would come all over when the house was built and come back you know come by this fountain and get this artesian water just pure yummy yummy goodness so i grew up drinking that and i remember the first time fast strike guys sorry remember the first time i went to a girlfriend's house in kindergarten i got to go over to yvette bacon's house and she gave me a drink of water and i got pissed off because i thought she was trying to poison me because it tastes like bleach i had never i'd never tasted city water before and it was the grossest thing I'd ever tasted. And then they, they, the city got a hold of my mom and told her that, you know, people were no longer within the city limits, were no longer to have their own wells anymore because they can't, 
uh, test it, and you know they can't afford to go run around testing people's wells and making sure they're safe to drink. So they made her pay like fifteen thousand dollars and get hooked up to city water, and came in and cemented her well off. You know that was <laughs> that's, that's, that's isn't that crazy? Bad. So drink that's our crappy bad. water that tastes like bleach, and we're taking your good pure artesian well away. Oh my goodness! I know that just yeah. makes me heartbreaking. And my my, yeah. my grandmother had well life also, but it's, it's you know it's everything. It's not. It's like we can just go on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. And people need to start looking at that stuff. It's, I mean, it sounds seriously sounds kind of uh, conspiracy-ish, this, 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 you know. But yeah, you know, but it's not really. You know, this country is driven by money, and who's making the money, and how are they using us to fill their pockets? And because they do, that's business. They don't care. It's business. Buy my cigarettes. Smoke them on you. Everything, everything from medical attention to the food to the killing of these children, to letting people suffer, to um, mm-hmm. you name it. Everything that's good has been taken away. It's not a conspiracy theory because the conspiracy theory has not been proven. This stuff has been proven. Even global, global warming, everything you name has changed for the worse, and it, couldn't, it didn't have to happen. If people would just really stop saying that it's a conspiracy and say this is really happening, I mean, we've never had this much disaster and chaos in 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 history at one time, yeah. and it's all yeah. coming from one 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 person's state of mind. They won't do anything about it. They just keep doing what they what they're doing, like the wall. That's think about the financial built. hit. Seriously, think about this. Think, think about, about the financial hit this country's big business would take if they cured cancer. Yeah, but I'm just like the wall that they're that they're building. They got a GoFundMe account. Uh, people to give him money for his charity. I mean, you know, the government is looking into all this stuff, but it's got to come to a stop. It just can't keep on going like a, a, a runaway train. I mean, this is mm-hmm. just madness going on. And it's, it's yeah. got to come to a stop. We are going to be, you know, we're not going to have any way of stopping it. You know, it's This it's is crazy. why she's mama, guys. So, anyway, you know, I just want to Great say... Piece, honey. We all have to become more visual, and we all have to we take do. a stand, and we have to stop it. Because how did it get started in the first place? From ignorance, ignoring the truth. That's what ignorance means, ignoring the truth. And the truth is being ignored every day. All right. Thank I you. agree. All right, Mom, tell everyone how to find you, baby. I should have kept my head under the cover. I was starting to. I was not in a good mood. <laughs> anyway. Because I stood up and I said things and I did stuff. <laughs> yeah, like you just told the brother from the um, from the uh, the um, indigenous people's uh, community, uh, Blue uh, Soldier Blue. Um, what if I supposed to be quiet and not say stuff? Something you told him to write on his. Oh, how would you like it? If I didn't say stuff or something like that, anyway. Yeah, they would like it. A whole you lot would you would like stuff. it if I were quiet. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They would. Yeah. But if they we would. don't, we're all doomed. We just have to really just step it up, you know, uh, and th- think how did he even get there? I mean, really, he can't even read. Come on. He has no no heart, no compassion, nothing, just money and all over the place, just making mistakes and doing stuff all over every day. Some new bull crap, you know, it just keeps you in an uproar. And then you just wonder who's really in charge. Okay, now I'm through.
Put me on mute. <laughs> all right, Mama. Tell everyone how they can find you, Miss Vicky Aqua. No, I wanted to find me behind all that stuff the other day. I already found me enough. I get like 100 hang-up calls a day and harassment calls a day. So now I'm going to get about 20 more after I hang up from this call. So <laughs> I'm just going to say I'll see you Meh. next week. They'll get glad in the same pants they got mad in. <sighs> all right. You find all me right, here Mama. next week on, on this page. Go back and cover my head back up. <laughs> Love you, Mama. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye, honey. All right. Next three callers, just so you know, is 220-910 and then 202. So, 220, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. It's Sean Tucker. I'm back. Hey, Sean. Welcome back, honey. Hey. Have you heard your poem I, mentioned uh, a couple of times? People really liked People really liked it. I've heard that's uh, that's really cool. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. I got another piece I mustered up here. I actually wrote this one, and I was listening along as I was writing the last uh, hour or so. So uh, I know I always say this, but I'm super excited to share this one with you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead when um, you're ready. Yeah, this piece also is currently untitled. I can't tell you how many times in a day somebody asks me what's wrong. I've always been an introvert. I find peace inside my own head. It's quiet there. If I'm in a room full of talking people and I'm the only one not talking, does that make me the elephant in the room? Because I don't want to be the elephant. Can't we all be elephants? But no, there's merely not enough room in here for us all to fit in this conversation. I must be the only elephant. So someone says, what's wrong? Is it that inappropriate to be quiet? Because you have taken me from my place of peace. It's no longer quiet. The chitter chatter clatters in my head. I know there's only 13 people in this room, but the noise level feels like a stampede of 33. Why does it matter to you so much what's wrong with me? Nothing was wrong. But now I'm sitting here wondering why my presence seems that of a person who has something severely wrong with them. Something so wrong that inevitably someone is itching to find out what that is that looks so wrong with me. But see, nothing's wrong. At least, I don't think. Is it not socially acceptable to avoid accepting being social? Is it not normal to overthink to the point that you are thinking about whether you are thinking too much about the thought of thinking itself? Is this not normal mental health? I say to my therapist. Then I take an unexpected pause. Look down. As I gather my thoughts just in time before I break into inevitable tears. As a therapist says, what's wrong? In peace. I'm sorry. I'm not. Don't know if it's appropriate for me to laugh or not, but that just makes me laugh. It's like you, yeah. you yeah, it's a perfect ending, you know. Or someone asks you what's wrong. Well, nothing was wrong till you asked me what was wrong. Now I'm all worried about what's wrong. <laughs> exactly. Oh, the life of an I, I, I was perfect. 
I was perfect a minute ago, but thank you for making me now feel <laughs> totally socially awkward. <laughs> that is the exact moment I'm trying to capture, and it drives me nuts. That's the life of a introvert. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's that piece. <laughs> you know what's really funny is, and a lot of people don't know this, but I am like one of the hugest introverts I know, and I tell people that, and they absolutely do not believe me because I come on here and I'm jabbering 90 miles an hour, and, you know, I do this, which is a very public thing, you know, and I've worked in radio. I mean, I've worked in radio since I was, was since I was 18 years old, um, a couple of weeks before I turned 19. I've worked in radio my entire life, and you wouldn't think that an introvert would do that, but I I accidentally fell into working in radio. It wasn't something that I set out to do. I was a single mom with three kids, and I needed a job. And there in the newspaper was an an ad, and so it's like I'm going to answer that ad. And I ended up working. I got the job because the guy thought I had nice boobs, right? I didn't even get the job because I was smart. And I found this out a couple of weeks later. And, you know, you think that as a girl I should have been offended and upset and, you know, women's rights and all that. No, I took the girls to dinner. It's like, thank you for uh-huh. helping me get this job so I can care for my kids. You know, <laughs> I didn't care about being socially unacceptable. I just like the big paychecks. So, you know, but I am such an introvert and people just don't even think think about that. I mean, this the whole this whole story had a point somewhere. Um but yeah, I mean, oh, it's, it's it's I I get it, you know. I know because I, in yeah. real life, in when I'm sitting there in my day to day stuff, I'm not a huge social person. I mean, I go off for two or three weeks at a time up in the mountains by myself, camping and having fun, and you know, I'm perfectly content with my own company, or you know, I don't have to be surrounded by people all the time, and and. I like how you worded it. I'm perfectly content with my own company. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't mean. But that doesn't like mean there's crazy. something wrong. Right. It's just you, there's there's a uh, I don't know the word, but there's a a power in being at peace with yourself. And at, being an introvert, I've learned that, and that it's okay. Um, but also, what I've learned because this poem. I actually put my plate – I don't really – it doesn't bother me as much as it did when – I guess what I should say first is I put myself in a place when I was about 15 years old. So I, even though I just now wrote this poem, I was picturing myself when I was about 15 because that's when my social anxiety, so to speak, it was mm-hmm. really, really, really bad. And so I pictured myself back then, and it was easy to write this piece. So I guess what I was saying was I don't have as much trouble with it now. A big thing I learned was to you don't have to answer these questions to someone that says what's wrong. It's just like nothing, and then keep on enjoying yourself, <laughs> you know, by yourself. Or You, you know, know there's, there's empower, ways- speaking the truth is empowering. You know, and I know that these are, you write these poems, and I do know that these are real things that you struggle with. You know, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. laughing about it and joking about it, but I don't make light of it. But I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. That there is a great contentment and joy that comes from speaking the truth. You know, so if you're ever mm-hmm. sitting there and you're in a group and everyone's talking and you're not talking and they're, you know, not, and then someone's, you know, it's because they feel weird because they're, you know, am I talking too much or something? Why isn't this person talking? This person must think I'm weird. 
So if you realize that, the reason they're asking you is because then now they're feeling awkward because you're much superior because you're not speaking and, you know, you're not even, that, you know, it makes them feel uneasy when you do not speak or respond to what someone says in a conversation, yeah. even if you're not the direct part of the conversation. So understanding that yeah. it's their insecurity kind of makes you look at it different. But when someone sits there and everyone's talking, they turn to you and you're not talking and they say, you know, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with you saying, well, nothing was wrong until you made me feel terribly socially awkward about my non-talkingness and just kind of make a joke about it. But it kind of makes them realize, you know, it's it's a nice way of saying, hey, thanks. (laughs) And and it's fun when you you reach a point where you can say that and laugh and say, yeah, well, thanks for making me feel totally awkward. It's like, oh, sorry, dude. Yeah, you know, it 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 yeah. takes it like starts chopping off the heads of that dragon, mm-hmm. taking control exactly. of something you can't control. Okay, this exactly. is something I can't control, so I'm going to control how I control it. Does that make sense? That yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I get you. Um, yeah, that was a fun one to share. I didn't used to ever be able to talk about this stuff, and now that I can, and somebody gets it. It's like, whoa, cool, I'm not the only one. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of us out there, and we all think we're weird, but really, there's, it's like, who, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard it. Somebody said, if you spend your whole life trying to define normal, you're never going to be happy and you're never going to be content. Like, uh that's somewhere as I've gotten older, like that's why I made the point to say this kind of put myself in a place where I was, when I was only 15, that I no longer struggle with it, at least not to the extent of when I wrote this, but I learned that who freaking cares if you're normal. That's why I really punched that line. When I said the word normal in this poem, like that is such a, a big thing for people with, especially today with, you could get into the story of social media and how, there's a picture, perfect picture of how people are supposed to be today. And it's not really like that in the real world. Like who cares what normal is? Be confident in yourself. And like you said, take control in situations and conversations. And there's confidence in that, that exudes to people and they like it, appreciate it. So yeah, <laughs> kind of an interesting tangent there, but yeah. I agree. Yeah. Take control of the things you can't control by the way you control how they control you. <laughs> that, yeah. Sounds kind of controlling. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't judge. No, Some people I are into you. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, hon, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Um, One last thing before I tell you. Um, I like what you did, how – you, I do that in some of my writing, too, how you take one word in the same sentence, you use it the same word two or three times, but you use it differently. How you use the word control, but you use it differently. I think I actually did this in the poem with another word. But do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. How you take a word, the same word can be totally different in a different context. I love doing that with my writing. It, like, it, I don't know, I feel like it blows you away. But anyway, um, you can find me on Facebook, search Sean Tucker Poetry, or you can go seantuckerpoetry.wordpress.com. And you guys are more than welcome to connect with me and chat or 
post your stuff or anything. So, hey, it was fun tonight. Yeah, guys, Nyla. by the way, I've noticed that not a lot of poems have been getting posted on my page anymore. What's up with that? Start oh. posting your poems over on my page again, you guys. <laughs> okay, I'm done yelling. I'm done putting baby in the corner. <laughs> All right, Sean, fantastic job tonight, honey. Thank you so much for sharing. Hey, you're welcome. It was fun. I appreciate it. You have a good night, right. okay? You too. Bye-bye, sweetie. All right, our next caller comes from area code 910. 910, you're on the air. 910 is on the air. Hey, what's up with you? I am awesome. Good. You should be. You should be getting phones posted onto your page if you respond to them. (laughs) You know, I ain't going to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. (laughs) You know, sometimes I wonder if I am. But sometimes I just see things and it makes such perfect sense to me. <laughs> Do I? You're like Katy Perry. Yeah, you got these multiple personalities. That's how you could go to radio, be an introvert, and and even even now you this is probably a third one showing its the rear in its 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 head, you know. But Which it's all that? good. Ah, uh, the 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 Nyla Elisa one, okay. <laughs> there are very many, many me's. I have a lot of me's. I even wrote a poem to all of my uh I wrote a poem. To, it's the title of the poem is "To My Me's," and "Me's" is plural. "To My Me's," yeah. I don't know who said this, but it was recently I heard it. it was some, I don't know, but it goes like this. It goes, uh, uh, yeah, I hear voices in my head, and there's usually more than two. <laughs> you know, you're not. And I did, you know, we all have couple. we all have a thousand different hats we wear. You know, I do have a lot of different personalities. There's tons of different me's, and it all depends on which hat I put on that morning. You know, sometimes I'm really serious, and other times I'm just goofy, and other times I'm a total nerd, and you know. But understanding ourselves and, and, and not expecting us to be one thing, just embracing ourselves in our holity, you know, gives us the freedom to be a little eccentric. In our That's holiness. my new word for the day, kids. Holity. Holity. My holity. holity. How, how would you spell that? H O L I uh, dash T. T I E. Or T E E. I'll I'll think about it. Yeah. Lewis Carroll would be very proud of me for making up words right now. Just saying. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Tucker, Sean Tucker, was referring to that. Um, I think what he was trying to approach was what it using similes, you know. Mhm. Which, you know, poets attempt to do and some of them can and some of them can't. Listen, let me drop this because I, I really want to drop two and I don't want to really get into conspiracy theories or anything. I already been <laughs> through that, so I could give a okay. shit about ammonia and my tobacco. You know <clears throat> I'm just waiting to jump off this rock and they ain't let me off yet. So it doesn't matter what they do to me anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't give a shit. Um, but, um, I choose to post up with you. Time is on our side. The night wore down at 3 a.m. in the morning. I can't sleep. I want to write off. Have you called me another day? See if we can post up with no expectations. Next time I'm gone. When your eyes open, you know how to bring me into that heart. You insist is yours, but we both know if I want it, it's all mine. 
I post up with you because I like your company. I like things I won't mention, just in case your man comes knocking, catches us with our pants down. I post up with you because I like the danger. I lay beside you, want to get up, take a shower, wash the smell off, call taxi, taxi, because I'm too drunk to drive. I want to leave just as fast as you can. If you find my side of the bed empty, when the sun comes up, we'll do this again. Post up for another day or so, or maybe not. Maybe next time. Next time. Next time it'll be different. Just call post up. My name is Glenn Still. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I figured you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I chose to read this one instead of the other one that I'm going to drop. Um, it sounds like you're not real busy, so um, I won't take up too much time. You know me, I read fast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wrote this. Uh, I gotta find it. Here it is. If there is a God, I want to thank it for introducing you to me. I want to tell him or her you're my world. I couldn't get by without trying to make you smile. Damn girl, you rip my heart into tiny pieces, sew them back together, tear me up when I know you're a surgeon with a scalpel in your hand. Cutting hurts, but it's worth it. And I like that about you rough around the edges. You made me a better person. If there is a devil, I want to tell him I would die for you. Girl, when you go, I'm going with you. He can't have you. If there are angels, I want to let them know I appreciate them as they flew. Those wings of shelter looking over the dark. I thank them for looking over our shoulder for igniting the tighter light, for letting me see the spark of life. I want to let you know you're my sunshine. I'd go to hell, fight my way back to your side. You make love hard and easy, just like heaven and hell. You make me sound like a fool, but if there is a God, he taught me how to lose myself over you. You make it so hard to be in love with you, so easy to keep loving you. You make love hard and easy. This is called Hard and Easy, and my name is Glenn Still. I love that piece. We all have a person, and some of us lucky enough to have two or three of those people in our past, because they're never a forever. You know, it's like looking at this person and saying, oh, my God, this is going to be a train wreck, and it's going to hurt like hell, but I don't care. I'm jumping (laughs) on this ride. You know it's going to be a train wreck, but you just, you know, you can't. It's like it's going to be, you know, that's why I say if you're going to love, make it worth the taste of salt. You know, if you're going to cry, then make sure it's a good cry, because who wants to waste their time on a safe cry? Like, oh, shut up. You know, you want to be miserable and sob and pound your fist in the earth, then I'll come listen to you cry. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so go, you know, jump all in. And but we all have people like that. You know, the ones that it's like, yeah, this is gonna hurt. But you know what? The hurt from them. This is gonna sound stupid, but you know they're gonna hurt you, and they do, and it freaking hurts. But it's nowhere near as bad as the hurts you don't expect. Because when they come at you, like you said in your poem, they have a scalpel. They come fast, fast, hard, clean, and they heal fast. But it's the ones that sneak up on you with that dull knife, man, and just saw you down, and you don't yes. see it coming, and they fester, and it's it's like, yeah, I'll take a train. A lot, you know, a lot of times, like, yeah, I'll take the train wreck. <laughs> yeah, I'll take. I'm not taking a chance on that slow festering wound. <laughs> right, I'll take a scalpel over the over an infection any day. You know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, the sweet little girl next door with the ponytails and the innocent smile. Nah, that's real pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give yeah. give me the girls with the girl with the tattoos and the, the piercings because it's going to be a hell of a ride and it's going to hurt, but it's going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah. I've been hanging yeah. around with street trash angels lately. 
they can't hurt, you know, because <laughs> they're just you, know, you can expect you can expect everything that comes your way from them, you know. But they're cool. Yeah, it's all good. All right, Glenn, tell everyone how they can come find you. Facebook, SoundCloud, all those other things, you know, uh, whatever they are, Instagram, whatever. I know. Awesome. Glenn Still, G L E N S T I L O. Perfect. All right, pleasure. sweetheart. Thank you, honey. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy New Year to Navidad. you. Police Navidad. Police everything. The white people in North Carolina. I say police Navidad to the white people in uh, in North Carolina, and they look at me like, you don't look Spanish. <laughs> Most of them don't even know what it means. You know, but I do it just to fuck with them. All right, Police Navidad. That's funny. Such a goofball. All right, All right Glenn. We'll talk to you next Bye. week, baby. All right. Bye-bye, hon. Mr. Glenn Steele. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 202202. You're on the air. Hey, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you, hon? I'm fine. It's Storm's Cadence, uh, King's Cadence, Janice Storm. How are you, my king? Hello. Good evening. Hey, hey sweetie. Hi. This so is we awesome. Came to, um, show love instead of peace, real quick. Absolutely. Okay, adoration. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, peace is called baited assistance. All right. No, thank you. For the life of me, even though consistently inspiring me, I can't see why you keep a knife in me. I mean, love is what love does, and love's buzz because what love was is an afterthought. Confusion from you, I'm subdued as though I have something obvious to prove. Now you, how you helping hinder me in the same minute, stand beside me to champion me, to point out blemishes in the same image? I'm not concerned with the best life. I'm concerned with living a just life. And at the end, at least to have a few friends, and the way it seems, I just might. But how you watch my struggle, then kick weight on me as I tussle. My heart's strong, but it's wrong, and you just wait around for me to buckle. Loving me in front of me, behind me, crushing me, saying you're done with me. I cry as you sit at my side as though you're comforting. I'll tell you what, keep your energy. I'm done crying with what you offer me, and you offended me. I take this moment going forward. I promise one day you'll remember me. I'll get my own. And once I fixed it, at least I know that I fixed it. And trust me, it'll be done different. And I won't need your baited assistance. I like to thank you. I like to thank you for helping me to see that sometimes baited assistance comes in the form of a yo-yo. It's a gift that has strings attached. See, I didn't realize that gifts would have that effect. See, here I was being silly, thinking that if you gave something to me, you meant it to be for me. And it would actually be a gift that you gifted me, and there would be no strings. But here I was on a cruise ship for the first time, thinking that I could be happy, ecstatic, giggling, Elated, 
I felt like that there was a string tied to my ankle and I was tethered to the deck and that I was going to float away and everybody would see me floating above deck and I would be up in the air above the cruise ship, the carnival magic, and they would see me happily cruising for the first time elated, my black girl magic out there on the sunrise and the sunset for the very first time, and I would be celebrating me, oh my, so happy and elated because I was on a cruise that you had gifted me. You were pulling me back by the strings because you had gifted me a yo-yo, in fact. Yeah, I didn't realize that this was a gift that you had yo-yoed me. I didn't know that this gift had a string attached. Those were many strings. So every time that I thought that you were gifting me something, you pulled those strings back. And it's okay. Because sometimes the betrayal is a blessing, in fact. So now I know that you didn't actually gift me anything. You were gifting yourself something because you wanted to look like a saint, and I ain't. You wanted people to see that you were above and I was below. So I shouldn't actually have gone. I should have stayed home. This wasn't a gift for me. It was all for show. You wanted to make yourself look better than. I was someone you should have left below deck, someone that you would stole. I might have well been in a suitcase, you know. Don't take any selfies, every port of call, so that I could show how much fun that I was having. Oh, no. This wasn't a gift for me. It was one for you. How dare I be happy about the gift that you get to me? This gift was for you. I didn't even realize. How dare I glow? Sometimes a gift isn't a gift at all, but you don't even know. People hit you and then hide their hand. They're not a hand. They're not even your friend. Friends sometimes are enemies and family are frenemies. You don't know until it's too late and you've come back to shore. I had already come home before I realized that my gift wasn't a gift. But I know now, and it's okay. Peace, Kings, Cadence, and I'm Gina Storm, and we're Storm's Cadence. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our piece. That was powerful, both of you. That was absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. We love you, Cheryl Mello. We could not miss you. I, I love Absolutely you guys. We had I to come love through. <laughs> yes, we we had to come. Absolutely. You guys we write really, you really well together. It's almost, I mean, both of you have your own distinct style, but you write differently when yeah. you write together. You know, it's almost like there's a voice between you that's developed between you that's together. distinctly different than your own singularity. Yeah. Just, well, well his, awesome. his piece, he wrote his piece today, and I freestyled mine because I went on a cruise um, a couple of weeks ago, and I got home, and I missed him terribly. But that gift wasn't a gift. It had strings attached. So it, I just felt oh, like they it always together, do. So you know, the only do. thing yeah. in the world without strings attached are the things that you give yourself, and that's not always a guarantee either. That's okay, because sometimes you have to just realize that happiness the keys to happiness are in your pocket, so I just take my mm-hmm. happiness back. This yeah. is true. Absolutely true. All right, you guys, great job. Tell everyone how to find show. you. Thank you.
Um, we can be found at um, on Facebook, um, the Cadence Storm Poetry page featuring Desire on Facebook. King's Cadence can be found on his Facebook page. Gina Storm can be found on Gina Storm's Facebook page. And if you're looking for us, we are not hard to find. Yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> Trust and believe. Poetry is our life. We live and breathe it. <laughs> it's like the Energizer Bunny. They just keep going and going, and they're everywhere. <laughs> going and going. Absolutely. Absolutely, Bella. And we're always here. <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys. Fantastic job. Thank you so much for coming and sharing that tonight. And Mary, happy everything to you. Yes, indeed. And we love you, and that's why we're here. And thank you for the <laughs> thank platform. You, baby. We appreciate it. You're welcome, right. honey. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So cute when she giggles. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hi, Robbie. Nyla? Hi, I introduced there. you with hey. a mouthful of muffin, and it was really dry, and I had to take a drink really quick. <laughs> okay, I because I, I couldn't had, talk. Uh, it was like I was afraid if I talk, I was going to spit muffin all over my studio board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was scared at first because uh, I was talking to someone long distance and and it was clicking in and out on them. So I thought, oh no. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I just have a a winter poem here. I don't really have Christmas poetry. I I don't really do Christmas poetry much. Uh, but I do have winter poetry, and this one's called Snow, and this is another one of those ones uh, that I don't really remember too much about writing it or that, or that I wrote it. Because, <laughs> you know me, I write some, I've written so much poetry that a lot of times I come across, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember this one at all. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, this is simply called Snow, which we got a lot of today. In Canada, can you imagine that? <laughs> Particles of no. patience fall like snow, <laughs> particulate like the patience of a virtuous god. The snow falls inside of me, <clears throat> like the swirls and eddies of time, undefined but swirled like eddies of universal energy, spiling upward to the great beyond. Thoughts kiss at the edge of abstract notions as the winds inside continue to build. Breath comes deeper and stiller, edging to the still point where all eternity lays unfurled. The whirls of snow centrally saunter along with my tangent thoughts, the crow, the crow and the owl calling out in unison to the moon. At my deepest thoughts, self-reaching out to my highest self as I close my eyes and let the snow swirl round. The moon settles, as I do too, a long great horizon, breath slowed below the necessary pace, the place found beyond one second and the next, and the snow falls infinitely at the still point where I find myself, caught eternally and joyfully between one moment and the next, breathing in the matrix of zeros and ones. Spiro ergo sun, which is, I breathe, therefore I am. I just used a, a translation thing in Google and decided to get fancy ass there <laughs> at the end of my poem. <laughs> Sounds snooty with a bit of Latin at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. 
know, I love that you, <laughs> when you. you write about something that, you know, you you take it to another level by researching what you write. You know, you mm-hmm. if if you're writing about something, you look you look for the details in it. You know, you write about the details in it, mm-hmm. things that you know most people may overlook or or not overlook. That's the wrong word. Um, just not think to look into. <laughs> just in a different perspective. You know, your perspective is yeah. very unique when you write. I guess is the way to say it. Thank you. And uh, I think I mentioned once before that, uh, as an example, uh, I wrote, uh, I had read something for Trinity here about ballet, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and I had some of the original terminology in the original language, which would have been what French or Spanish. And anyways, uh, so I had them all in there, and, and she liked that they was all in there, and and I, I mentioned how I researched it because there were someone was wondering how. I come across all that and researching poetry. That sounds boring, but that, to me, that's so the opposite. I have such a curious mind. You know, you know me long enough to know that I that I'm like that. I, I, I and for me, it's a joy. It's the opposite. It's a joy to dive into a subject that I've never uh, looked at before, so that I can write a poem about it. I love it. I love discovering about new and shiny things. <laughs> well, you have to have input in order to have output, you know, and you right, right. feed your brain probably way more than most people I know, you know, but because mm-hmm. of that, you have this incredible arsony, ars- arsony, <laughs> arsenal, arsenal of ideas and, and thought pools and stored knowledge that you've mm-hmm. discovered to pull from when you write, you know, so your color palette, you know, if you're a painter, your color palette is you know, large, it's it's quite unique. It's definitely not paint-by-numbers yeah. when you write. You know, yeah. you just... You know, funny, there's some funny side advantages, like for, for passwords. It makes it, e- it makes it good for me to have very, very secure passwords because I can use words that most people don't even know exist <laughs> or terms. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they wouldn't you know, even you are know not a, to guess You are them. not a pretentious writer either. You know, there no, are no. there are words that you can use, so. like you said, that most people may not use in everyday language. But even if it's a word someone may not know, you write a you write it in a way that makes it accessible. So even if they don't know yeah. what the word means, they know what the word means by the way you wrote about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and or that and that's and that it's important in the poem. It's not just thrown. You in use there. the word in layman terms. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not you're not being you're not being a. a uh, word elitist and just showing off your vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. <laughs> All right, love. Tell everyone how to find you, my dear. Uh, I can be found under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. And right now, my activity is focused mostly at Instagram. Uh, and I'll, I'll post a couple of links for you because you said you haven't been getting any poetry. Lately, uh, so on your page there, I'll post uh, some of my latest posts to you because I've been starting to write uh, a little bit longer poetry to some of my pictures now. So it's somewhere in between. It's not as long as most of my poems, but it's longer than what I've been writing on Instagram these days. And one of them's a, a now rare uh, sensual poem. Because I I have I don't I switched modes I haven't done that. Essential poem coming while, from Robbie is not rare. Well, it's 
it's uh, it's been a while. <laughs> Let's just say. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's uh, I have uh, one about honey. It's funny because I was in a, or a Japanese restaurant and I saw honey there. I was like, hmm, I should write a sensual poem about honey. I was like, Rob, you are one effed up dude. You're the only person I know that would that would be in a Japanese restaurant eating his his whatever chop suey or whatever and saying, hmm. I think that I think that honey on my table needs a sensual poem that I can post on Instagram while I take a picture of it. <laughs> you know, you you look at the world in a, in a with a very sensual spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. we talk about sensuality with you, it is it, it is sensual in the most deep and meaningful way. It's not mm-hmm. even so much sensual in erotic form, because even mm-hmm. when you write about erotic things, you're writing about them in an ethereal way. You know, so it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that you'd be sitting in a sushi place looking at honey thinking because you look your 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 makeup, you're wired sensually. So everything in the world has yeah. a sensuality to you. Even the ugly yeah. things, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Okay, so, yeah, tell everyone how to find you. To you. Yeah, I'll post those things to you. And again, Robbie's multimedia poetry on Facebook, uh Instagram mostly now these days and if you put in that name, you you should find me under some other things like SoundCloud, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Awesome. All right, okay. Robbie. Thank you so much, sweetheart. You bet. Happy, happy everything. <laughs> Very happy everything to you too. <laughs> Bye, hon. Bye. All right. So we've got 22 minutes, and it looks like we have about four more callers. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're going to get to those. I want to let area code real quick. I want to let area code 765 know that you are not in the lineup. So 765, if you want to read, please press 1, and then that will put you in the lineup so I can bring you on the show. If you're here just listening, then thank you for being here. Now let's bring on our next caller, which is area code 256. 256, are you with me? Merry Christmas, my dear. Hello, sweetheart. How are you doing? <laughs> I am blessed, honey. I am blessed. I had to come by and say hi. Hi. Well, I am. I am so glad that you're you know here. You know who this is. Yes, but you need to introduce you because not everybody or people in the future listening to the archives will not know. Uh, this is Melissa Lavender Dean on Facebook, aka Angel of Love. That would be me. Well, welcome to the show, honey. I'm really glad you had time to call in tonight. What are you going to share with us? Merry Christmas. I'm saying Merry Christmas. I have something. I'll pull it up. It went somewhere. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Everything. <laughs> I hope that this has been a really fun season for you. No. It hasn't, but I'll have to tell you that later, definitely. Okay. But it hasn't. Um, okay, so I did pull something up here. Hearts beating rapidly, palms sweating, wanting to run outside the pasture with nothing around me just to explode. I know it's coming, and it's all held within. Scream as loud as I can. No longer holding it inside, I open to, and it's silent. 
just hear the sound of the breeze and the leaves. I end up down on my knees praying, asking why, why, why is all this happening? It all hurts my soul and I can't let go. It's time to take that step, that step off the cliff, knowing that you will carry me, no matter if no one knows. Heart beating rapidly, palms sweating, tired of drowning in the street with everyone around, so I put out my hand straight up, praying that you'll take hold as I take that step, that step off the cliff. Angel of love. That's a scary place, that pivot. I actually wrote that in 2016. I I think it was awesome. It's like right there on the edge. You're standing on the edge and you know that, you know, one flinch one way or another will make the decision what you do next. And and you know, you know that you know that you're going to fall. You're going over that edge. It's just awesome. That was a fantastic piece. But see, that's the thing. If we go back and we look at our pieces that we wrote, I mean, we're getting ready to go into 2019. You believe that? Mm-hmm. I know. And I wrote that in 2016, January of 2016. It can still have meaning to you on a whole new journey that your life brings you to than mm-hmm. what it did that day. It is fun, yeah, and I think that's where, that's why I always tell people don't throw anything away. I mean, I've got spiral notebooks that I wrote in when I was a kid, you know, when I was writing stuff in high school. And I go back once in a while and I'll pull, I've got like, them, they're all on Apple boxes and stuff, and I'll pull an Apple box, box out and I'll grab a couple books and, and thumb through them and I'm, I'm reading things. And, you know, first of all, it's like I can't believe I was that horrible of a writer. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's like I'll I'll read something that's like I don't even remember writing it. You know, that long ago, but it's like such an insight into myself. Like, you know, I remember thinking that when I was younger, and now I understand why this is a part of me. You know, what I didn't understand then, I do understand now, and it's it is it's it's really amazing to be able to go back and read stuff that you've written a long time ago, and seeing how. You know, through the six degrees of separation, it's still connected to our lives, type of thing. This is true. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I haven't really glanced at that till tonight. I said, you know what? Okay. And it started from when Steve threw me on my first spoken word show. I mean, threw <laughs> me to the wolves, baby. You know this. And and it started out the palm sweating, the heart beating. And this came out of it. So you never know what you can get out of what you've already written, too. Exactly. All right, sweetheart, absolutely fantastic job. Do me a favor and tell people how they can come over and give you loves and hugs and all that good stuff. Well, you can. um, I'm on regular Facebook under under Melissa Lavender Dean. you can find me under the page of Angel of Love, and I got other things 
to going on, you can always find me around. I'm actually cool. part of the business, baby. So, That's awesome. We need to do some catching up. Yeah, it's been we, a long time since you and I have really talked. Talked. It's really good to hear from you. We do because there's been a lot going on this year. I ain't been around a lot because of it. But, mm-hmm. Well, we need Definitely to catch up. Let's to catch make up. sure we do that. I'll send you my new number. All right, hon. That works for me. So you'll have it too. So, hey, everybody out there, um, if you haven't heard from me in a while, I miss y'all. I loved hearing the couples. I love hearing everybody that I've gotten to hear tonight. It it I haven't gotten a call in and listened to a lot of spoken word artists in quite a while, and it felt good. Um, the couples, you almost had me crying, y'all. I'm just telling you, and just that's awesome to do to get me to that point. <laughs> so, y'all keep it up. Don't give up. Keep going and keep pushing because. You never know what your journey tomorrow is going to hold of your life. You know, I was talking to, I'm going to throw this in there real quick, because sometimes something just needs, tells me I need to share this with you. I have one son who lives a charmed life. I mean, he just, everything he touches just works, just falls into place like a puzzle. You know, like he met a demon, at dev, demon you know, the devil's demon at a crossroad one night and made a deal, That that kind of charmed life. And then my youngest son struggles, you know, through everything. And his big brother made a comment about, you know, who's very successful and well-to-do. And, you know, Ben has three. And my youngest son has kids and three kids and, and uh, you know, is really struggling right now. And, and what his brother said about him hurt. And I told Benjamin, I said, you know, there's a lot of different kind of heroes in life. I said, but who, who is the real hero? I said, if you come out at the finish line and, you know, you're unscathed and untouched and, you know, you just, you, you're, you're sitting there like the, little, the chiclet gum guy whose teeth gleams, you know. And I'm not talking about my oldest son here, but I'm just talking about, you know, if everything was easy type, you know, the guy that comes out at the end and, you know, or, or you're standing there, you know, and your buddy and you're bruised and... And, you know, but you're there. You made it through. And you're held together with Band-Aids, but you've got your sword lifted in the air. And you did it. And, and, and you made it through. And you're, you're still fighting and scrapping and, and giving it everything you've got. And you made it to the other side. And you made it through. And you've got your sword raised in victory. I said, to me, that's a real hero, to be able to go through whatever it is that you're going through and to be able to crawl out the other side and raise that sword bloody and, and bruised, but you still did it. You made it through, you know. That's the hero. You know, so whatever rough it is that you're going through right now, I know you're going to come out fighting on the other end, and I know you're going to have that sword raised, and I'm proud of you, and you're a hero to me. Okay, I'm done now. Oh, I love you. In more ways than, you know, actually I got a second chance at life. On July 26th, I had a major heart attack. It was a widowmaker. And, and here I'm you are here standing right. with your sword up. I'm still here. Proud of you. He ain't ready for me yet. All right, so get a hold of me. I, I will. 
And we'll I get will. caught up. I definitely I'm will. proud I of you. you. I miss you too, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Bye, baby. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Well, hello, Lila. Lila, this is Doug Curry. How are you? Hey, Mr. Curry. How are you, darling? Oh, I'm making it good. Uh, so let's, I just want to say I've enjoyed I've only got a chance to catch maybe the last 15 minutes or so, but I did enjoy the, the poems and the conversation. So thank you once again. Happy holidays. I'm glad that you're able to get in. I know that it's a push yeah. for you, so I'm glad you're here. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I keep pushing to try to make sure I can do it when I can do it, so I'm glad to be here. Um, so I got this thing, you know, came to me out of the blue. Not quite out of the blue, kind of out of the ground. I'm standing there talking to this young lady several days ago, and she had a tattoo. And I'll tell you this, I don't mind other people having tattoos. I would never have one, having kind of surmised that I was born perfect. So I don't need to do anything to myself that I can't undo. Um, Fad and fashion come and go, and that's the way I would treat it. Some people want to have it permanently, power to them. But she had a tattoo on her chest up high where it was above the line where her blouse or top would be, so you could see it in her skin. But Mm -hmm. the tattoo was going down to her breast. I could see that it was going there, but I couldn't see where it went, but I knew where it went. And I thought about it being body art, you know, because that's what she wanted to do to adorn herself. So she was kind of cute. So I thought she was going for body art. (laughs) Uh, Lying in the dark. Breath to chest, find your place where everything fits. My eyes gleam, searching the night's azure to meet yours. My hoarse whispers pierce your sweet moans, harmonious in the dark, fingertips entwined in your form, artfully. Nimbly trace the curves, blend our colors into one. Lightly brushed strokes accentuate undulating rhythms. Shadows promenade black. Inflamed to our core, feel us melting with every touch. Savor the aroma, a pungent steam of whispered exclamation, smoldering words set free. In a world for two, together in solitude, making body art in the dark and gone. <laughs> See, now I'm just picturing like chocolate or like butterscotch or body paints or glow sticks or... <laughs> Yeah, you got me with all of that. Glow, glow in the dark paints and sheets on the floors. Let's make art. You know, that just sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that poem is. I don't think it was finished because with the title being body art, there's so many other things that could be incorporated. But I wanted even the action and the motion, uh, and the sensation between people to be considered part of the art. Hence the mm-hmm. last two lines together in solitude, making body art. And the, the, what two people do is body art. Mm-hmm. It is. See, so there's there's things like piercings and all kinds of things that you just rattled off a few of them that I don't even consider because I won't do any of it. But I think for the sake of the of the poem, 
and for the sake of the of the uh the title being encompassing, I think I need to revisit it. I like it. But all, I think that's I think that's good. good. Revisiting is always a good thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanna revisit it but I don't wanna make it any longer. So that can only make <laughs> it stronger is what that will do. I don't want it to be any longer. So then some stuff is gonna to have to get condensed or replaced. And it would only get replaced by something that conveys more more of a message or conveys the same message stronger. I don't think that you need I think that it's it's a really strong right on its own. You know, but revisiting is I always encourage doing that, but I always tell people put it away for a little while. You know, yeah. before you go back and mess with it again. You know, let it let it cool off. You know, and then you look at it differently and stuff. But I thought it was great. And I just like the way you described her. The, you like the way I did what? I like the way you described the girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like the way I described it, too, because that came from looking at her. and you know, I could appreciate that even more. I was inspired, let me say. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> All right, Mr. Curry, Mr. Doug, my darling, sir. Fantastic job. And uh, you should carry Thank that you. in your pocket in case you ever see her. You can just kind of hand it to her and walk away. Maybe I should, but that might solve a whole other set of issues. But, but okay, that's a good suggestion. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it would be cool if she knew she inspired a piece, you know, that her body art inspired a piece. You know, and it could lead to a whole new series of poems. Yeah, you know, or, you know, rather than have it in my pocket, I could show her where it was posted or published somewhere. Let me show you where my inspiration came from, dear. (laughs) Yeah, and and where it went. Now you're you're out in the world now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Doug. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Doug Curry, or under the name of my radio program, Blacks and Blues. And Blacks and Blues airs on Friday night from nine to midnight Eastern time at WRUR.org, and it airs on Saturday night at Central, uh, out of Chicago, uh, so at 10 o'clock Central Time at WDCB.org. We're working on Christmas shows right now, so those are always fun. Uh, I'm here on Thursdays every chance I can get here, and I'm in and out all the time on allpoetry.com which I would recommend to anyone who likes to write poetry, get a little feedback, and get to read other people's work. I appreciate everybody who's doing the work, and I look forward to talking with you and listening to you some more. Doug, do you have a poem called Blacks and Blues? No, I don't. That's your homework. I want you to write a poem about Blacks and Blues, you know, and have Mm. it be the relationship between black culture and the blues. Okay. Why it's so important? Why, you know, where, where, why? I mean, I I love the title of your show. I think it's one of the most clever titles I've ever heard for a plethora of reasons. And I've always meant to ask you that, is if you got a piece, because I know music is very uh, profound. It's it's almost a spiritual thing for you, your connection with music. It's funny though. Um, Um, I I inherited that that show. And I inherited that name, and I didn't like the name. I thought it was South. I said, oh, really? You know, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, blacks and blue. Sounds like something for study, you know. And we don't, you know, why do we have to be studied? I mean, you know, 
Um, so, but I, I infused my own meaning into it, and then it felt like skin. Yeah, good. But so, you want? Can it. you do that? Can you take that homework? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Awesome. And I'll come back with something. All right. And no doubt, that. I'll wind up using it other places because it'll be a signature thing. But yeah, I, <laughs> thanks for the suggestion. I I think I can I can't wait because I think that it's gonna I I know I just have that feeling that it's just gonna be it's it's gonna be a goodie. I have that feeling too. Thank you, Lila. Lila. Why do you call me Lila? I don't even call her Lila. I don't know because that's maybe who I am today, and I just haven't told no. anyone. There are quite a few okay. me's, and that could be the me I am today. I don't. I answer to everything. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Happy holidays to everyone. You too, honey. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So we have 765 on the air. They don't have their hand up, but I'm going to check with them real quick just in case. 765, did you want to read tonight? No, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. All right. So we'll go ahead and put them back on hold. All right. So I have... Dan, 256. 256, are you with me? I sure am, Nyla. How are you doing? It's Stan again. I knew that. That's why I said here's Stan. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) The plot thickens. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I'm I'm sitting here in my Miss Cleo turban hat thingy and my crystal ball, and, yeah, I just just knew. I knew it was you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a pill. (laughs) So what are you going to close out the show with tonight? I figured I'd close it out with a piece that uh, it's winter. It's a winter piece. It's that day. I am that day. I am forever changed for it. Forever blessed by it, I am. I am the keeper of it. Winter in a western city not knowing our place as the working poor. It's family vacation day. Miles change asphalt and concrete to hills, grass, and open space. Time passed in family banter and playing out of state. License plates from Texas to Louisiana called out and counted. Dad drove, so never won. Mom or sis, reigning champions. Me? Played, but not engaged. Changing scenery and adventure, far too distracting, too compelling, but still only one to spy New York. More woodland to seem now, as patches of snow spotted. Entering the Sierra Mountains foothills, mountains wearing crowns of white. The greens and browns of woods peeking out from under white covers. Outside the car, the air is brisk and the wind can sting. I'm overwhelmed with awe. This is no photo or painting, nor black and white TV scene. This is snow. This is real. No smell of hot asphalt, no traffic, horns, radio, or TV. No feel of concrete or grass, nor warm winds and taste of ocean. No sound or sign of anyone, just us in an unknown world. 
all senses alive, experiencing first, from smell of pine to snow shifting underfoot. There's security and comfort found in mom's baskets of food, the scent of dad's old spice and pipe, even mom's Chesterfield smoke and hair. Now, I've been in woods, but not like this. No buzz of bug or smell of wood smoke, no sign of snake or lizards, just tracks of paws and snow. Very little bird song heard but hoot of an owl or cry of eagle. But in seeing an eagle in flight against a mountain background, my God. We were very near a large hill, snow deep enough to cover rocks. Dad came prepared with poor man's sleds. Pennsylvanian know-how. Heavy wax-sealed cardboard boxes used to ship frozen chicken, fashioned into snow gliders. Still the slight scent of yard bird in them. Curl up front edge as handholds, feet used as drag brakes, and down you go, whoosh. Steering was not an option. Crashes and face plants aplenty, frosty laughing faces abounding. What snow snuck through cumbersome wear, shaken off, outer, quickly melted. During the mealtime quiet, hear the thump of snow clumps falling off trees and rock outcroppings the creaks and groans of burdened limbs. The sunlight shifts and wanes, shadow dances in windbrush trees. Did I see a rabbit or deer or not? At eye contact, gone like imagined specter. Sunsetting shadows on the mountains, timekeeper of our departure. As we head home, Mom reminiscing of a childhood in Montana. That day, captured in my mind and heart. We never returned to the snow after Mom's passing. Eventually, Dad followed his soulmate. My sis, not long after him. But we had that day of love, beauty, and adventure. I alone remember. I am the keeper of that day. In peace. I love that poem. You know, it's it's really funny. You know, I, I've shared a little bit about me growing up um, with you guys now and then. But one of the, I don't know if I've ever told you this or you were ever here to hear this, but when I was little, I used to, my family would laugh and tease me a lot because I didn't talk normal. You know, I talked inside out and backwards and that, you know, one of them would start and then they'd all chime in you know, like schoolyard, you know, but this was my family, and they meant it as jesting, but it used to really hurt. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, why can't you just say the sky is blue? Why is the grass never just green? Why does it have to be all blah, 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 blah? Because, you know, it's like I was talking in poetry. I would elaborate and use adjectives, and I'd get so excited. And it's like, you know, look at the the, the water running off the ends of the, the moss on those rock cliffs. They look like little glittering pearls dripping and and, you know, yes. I would go so descriptive and, and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, they, they they didn't get it. And there was a whole reason I started bringing this up. Why did I start bringing this up? <laughs> because you liked the poem. I did like the poem, but why was I telling there was a point to that story? 
Well, oh, oh, that the perfect keeper of time and stuff like that. So yes. it, it was weird because I used to. So when I was little, I used to hide in the woods behind my house, and almost like I was on a stage. I would practice talking like my sisters, so that oh, wow. when I was around them, I would sound like them, and they wouldn't pick on me and tease me. But the way I spoke outwardly was not the way I spoke inside my own head. You know, so when someone right. says, well, there's two yous, it's kind of like, well, maybe there really are two me's because, you know, the the me inside my head is very seldom the way, so, no, she slips out quite a bit now that I'm older, but, <laughs> you know, but especially yeah. when I was yeah. younger, the, the me that I learned to be was not the me I really was because it was a self-preservation thing. And so I remember there being days when we would go do something and I would look and I would look at my mom and I'd look at my dad and I'd look at my sisters and I'd look at and almost like I was painting a picture or I was stepped back and they were behind glass. You know, right. I was there and part of the scene, but I wasn't really. I was there recording it. I was like the director or the recorder in time or just it was a really weird, tangible disconnect I would get. And I knew that I was saying something that was pretty awesome. And oh, yeah. part of me would, would be saddened and yet elated at the same time that I'm the only one that got it. So when you said, that, said you know, I alone am the keeper of that day, I have so many minutes like that in my life, you know, where I, I have like a little jar of them that I keep tucked away, where I have moments in life like that, days in life, you know, interactions with people that I got. And so you're reading that, and it's like, I know what he's talking about. I alone am the keeper of that moment, because I know how special that moment really was. Yes. And it's it's such a it's such a relief to have those moments, because even though they're maybe gone, mm-hmm. that loss is not so heavy on you if you can pick out one of those moments and remember, yeah, but we were together for this, and we did do this. Mm-hmm. You had that moment. Mm-hmm. Very valuable. I agree. I loved your poem. It comes Thank a really good much. time for me to hear it right now, too, by the way. You know, just I thought it was amazing. So thank you for sharing that, hon. My pleasure. <laughs> and thank you for this format. You're very welcome. Do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you again. Well... Nyla Speak Easy Cafe, uh, Friday, if I get a chance, I'll be on the first hour's worth of Let's Talk About It with Dan Meadows. Uh, after that, I'll be trying to be on World Poetry Open Mic. Uh, Saturdays is Poetry Madness, and Sundays is the uh, Inspiration Factory. Awesome. And other than that, other than that, it would be the night, the twenty. 17 and the 2018 World Poetry Open Mic Anthologies and the Outlaw Poets Anthology were in cahoots, which are both on Amazon. And yes, I'm putting <laughs> a plug in there. <laughs> You're more than welcome to do that. Thank you. All Anna. right, sweetie. You're welcome. And Merry Christmas and Happy Merry Everything and all the goodwill to you. Well, all the Happy Merry to you and blessings as well, dear. Thank you, Stan. We'll talk to you next week, honey. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye, hon.
All right. So I am going to check with this. I'm going to play a track real quick, and then I, I need to check with my board, and we'll be right back with you to close the show. All right. So I'm going to see if I can find a real short one here. Um, la, 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 la. That's my short-looking music. Val, uh, no, we're not going to play Edgar Allan Poe. In our... That's not going to happen. Um... Sundays at First Presbyterian, a minute and 44 seconds by Adam Faulkner. Here we go. Sundays at First Presbyterian. I remember Sundays at First Presbyterian by the smell of ashtrays trapped in the morning after clothes of older boys whose mouthfuls of neon and grown-up I envied how their ugliest of unholy words made the pretty girls blush and forget to flirt back. By the chatter of high heels crunching into sidewalk, the wearing of a choir boy's patience at not peeking, eyes closed, head bowed, at beginning to notice curves in the bodies of girls we'd met playing baseball at recess. I remember Sunday. By the corners of my father's grin, prideful and relieved that his youngest son, the one who looked like him, finding something sacred in this patting on the back shit, this praising holy blue eyes in a mansion of glass shit, this wardrobe rivalry and flaunt for the spirit, this your mother wants to do this as a family, so come on. By the hiss and swing of a number seven downtown blue line bus door waiting behind the church like a prayer. By the way we laugh about rolling our sleeves up to squeeze through the hole in that fence out back. By the sizzle of bacon fat and grease on our chins. By the grass stains that grew impossible to hide, at least from Stephen's mother. By hiding the sound of a panting tongue in the back of the chapel and breathing like we'd learned to in choir practice. Even and from the stomach, sliding into the last pew to the final curie eleison, weak forgiven and only powdered donuts on our lips and lipstick on our shirts to show for it, to close our eyes and pray. All right. So let's go ahead. We're going to bring on our last caller for the evening. We have Mr. James Sapien. Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods. Hello, my dear. Hey, Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm glad you're here. We have missed you not being around as much as you normally are, like every single week. Yeah, I was going to say that was an understatement. <laughs> it was like just fell off that. I mean, seriously, guys, I had to, I called him before the show. Of course, there was no answer, and his voicemail was full, but I called him before the show. It's like, dude, really, seriously, I'm going to start taking offense to this. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, baby. I had to feed my dogs, otherwise I would have called a little earlier. What, three months ago? You've been feeding your dogs for no, three months? No, tonight. Uh-huh. No, tonight. <laughs> okay, the okay. Call was an end of the, I'm teasing. The call was an end-of-the-year business call that I had to make, and I couldn't hang up on Okay. Um, and, and then I had to go get some boxes that got delivered and do some other stuff and feed the dogs before I could call in. Well, I'm glad you're here. I looked up on the board and saw that, and I so got all kinds of happy. I don't know if this is done yet. Um and maybe I'll tell the story after. It doesn't even have a title yet. Okay. Um, wrote this uh, 
last Friday about something that happened the Sunday before, or in part. So it goes like this. I met some veterans recently. I didn't know how it would be. They talked. I listened. The way I usually operate. Offering my two cents where I thought best. And then I go and rest. Oftentimes they joked. Other times they shared their lives and their trials, triumphs, and tribulations. I listened because I didn't know what to say. And sometimes I just prayed. Some of the ghosts still lurk deep inside. And all too often I hide. Sometimes praying I could find a ride to ride this tide despite my pride. One evening, a veteran posted a video about a veteran's silent night. I began to watch and listen closely as the pictures changed throughout the narration of this veteran's home, which looked strikingly like my own. Boots here, a sleeping bag there, supplies everywhere. Dark and cold, I had to grab hold. Because the more I heard and the more I saw, the deeper the word struck. I could feel the pull inside my throat, the drawbridge over the emotional moat, first dropping slowly my mind reeling because I didn't know what I was feeling. Passing through invisible waves of years gone by, asking myself what happened to all that time. And all of a sudden, the drawbridge crashed and I began to weep. Emotions creeping, seeping as I'm weeping. Then the castle gates flung open and the tears began to fall. Sobbing and grasping, I chose to jump on and ride this way, not because I was brave. And then I began to type the words coming slowly at first, and one by one, my newfound brothers and sisters appeared in the room. They offered an ear and some words of support. As the words began to flow and the emotional release had brought some peace. But much more important were those veteran friends because I found a home so I did not need to roam. Our oath never expires when our enlistment ends. We become disabled or when we retire. Brothers and sisters, we shall be in training, in war, in peace. Forged in time, we cadence and rhyme 
as we march through time towards the divine. Providence will say, we served our flag, we served our country, we served for freedom. And upon. You know, there there's so many things I want to say about that piece right now. First of all, when did you write this? Last week, Friday. Okay, and this isn't, and you don't have to tell me why right now, just yes or no. This is a very emotional poem for you to read, isn't it? Yes. And to write, I imagine it was to write. Yes. There's, you you step way out of your normal style in this piece, and you do something writing-wise that made me question this and recognize this. It, it's almost as if you are you used you wrote about it differently as a protection buffer writing it. Um, it's almost like because the rhyme scheme, the rhyming in it that you did. You don't normally write like that at all. You know, you no, are very much more a prose writer. And, and there's very thought-out rhyme structures that show up in this throughout the entire thing, and then different ones um, that's very, very unlike your style. And usually when someone writes outside of their style, sometimes it's because something is, a lot of times, and I think maybe in this case, is because it's something so personal, it's almost a protection from writing something that emotional it's like it's like you know i'm going to sit down and talk to you about this but i'm going to wrap a blanket around me type of thing you know i stopped in the middle of breakfast i stopped in the middle of breakfast because the i've said this many times before when i write it just comes and if i don't Mm -hmm. catch on and ride that wave it's gone and Mm -hmm. i actually wrote this in 20 minutes Mhm. I can I can tell I, I by the way that the, I, there's I can tell you that you didn't stop and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I I stopped in the middle of a breakfast which I mm-hmm. hadn't done for decades, but I started like 6 months ago and uh I normally don't stop. I just I'll eat and take some time to eat, but this the words just started coming and I just didn't want to let go of them. I didn't want to mm-hmm. lose them. There is, there's you know, part of the poem that you wrote about, too. Do you have Netflix? Do you watch Netflix or Prime, Amazon Prime, no. where you are? No. I have, okay. I have a, I've had a Prime membership for a long time. I'll see if there's any way you can get a hold of a movie that I was talking about at the beginning of the show. And I think every writer needs to, even though it's it's talks about Christmas, I, it's not a show about Christmas. It's a show about a writer. And something that you said, I'm not even going to tell you what, I'm just, you're going to, Watch this movie, and you're going to go, oh, that's why she wanted me to watch this. This is flipping awesome. Okay? So it's a movie called The Man Who Invented Christmas. The Man Who Invented Christmas. You need to figure out a way to get that online or something like that so you can watch it. But I want you to watch that movie, and you'll you'll understand why when you see it, because of what you a, li- a couple lines in that poem, you'll recognize it. Okay. I typed it. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. And it is definitely um, a movie about writers. Anyone who's ever, you know, written like you talked about writing where you just sit down and stop and have to write, 
you know, there's a scene in there where he's laying in bed and he opens his eyes and then he ends up getting up out of bed to write and makes an excuse to his wife. But when you see why, you'll understand. I mean, it's just hysterical. There was, as a writer watching that movie, it was so profound to me. Um, but I know that you're going to love it. So please try to find that on the Internet somehow so that you can watch that, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Okay, I'll look. Okay. All right. So do me a favor, sweetheart. That was a fantastic way of shutting, closing down the show. I'm going to give you a call a little bit later. As soon as I get my stuff done, it may end up being tomorrow. Um, but I'm going to give you a call because uh, we've got some catching up to do, and I've just been worried about you because that's what I do. Okay. I love you and I care. Um, so you're saying so, you might call tomorrow? Yeah, it might be tomorrow by the time because okay. I've got, like, people here after the show. So, All right, you um, called my other call number. You, today. You, want to write the, you want to write this one down? The one that you're called in on right now? Yeah, it's my second number. Okay, I'll write this number down. Case, okay. Yeah, in case the other one, like, that's my old BlackBerry. I'm getting rid of it pretty soon here, but uh, it drops okay, that's calls why a lot. The, that's why it was full and you didn't answer then. All right, so I'll call this one. All right, James, tell everyone how to find you, please, sweetheart. Uh, you can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word. No spaces. Put it in the Facebook search box, and you should be able to find me. Uh, and if you're interested in reading some pieces of mine, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2 which is an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. that was published in January or February 2012. It has, I think, about six of my pieces. There's six or seven writers in there, and it's got some cool art. Um, the Emptiness uh, Inside Now Filled with, From Within, I think, is the title. I always refer to it as the Commando Poem. Uh, that's in there. Ghost is in there, which, both of which I've read a number of times on the show. Um, and A Poet's Tomb. So Very cool. All right, sweetheart. So I will thank you for reading those. Thank you for being here. I've been seriously worried about you. Yeah. And I will call you at this number tomorrow sometime. Okay. Do If you can... Best time to call me is like after one or two central time. Okay. Oh, it'll be in the afternoon. It'll definitely be in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, like when you called right, today, uh, that was a good time too. So. Okay. All right, well, I'm not PC, so I hope everybody has a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and has a you prosperous know, it isn't about New Year. Being, it isn't about being politically correct saying Merry Christmas one way or another. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying Merry Christmas. So, you know, people need to get over that part. But we need to understand that it's okay to believe what we believe, but it's also okay for everyone else to believe what they believe. And you know what? None of us really know who's right. We all think I, we're right, I but nobody really knows who's right. I, I just think everybody's right. I, I almost completely agree. And it's just like you said, you, we have to accept what other people do. So that goes on the other foot, too. So people get offended when somebody says Merry Christmas can go fuck off. Um, I don't really celebrate Christmas. My family did, but I still 
say it because I don't have a problem with it. If somebody wants to say happy Hanukkah to me, cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, or whatever uh, holidays that people celebrate around this time of the year. Kwanzaa, I can't, um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. I don't care. Whatever anybody wants to do, they want to do. I'm not going to say, go fuck off like I just did, unless they tell me. I'm kind of glad because I think that, you know that that would you know Santa is listening. Just saying. <laughs> well, you know, as I've been good. I know. Um, I know. I guess I could drop this bomb too. Um, I'm really going to work on trying to get out of here um, in the spring for the summer because this was another summer from hell. Um, last time, I think the last time I called, I called and I mentioned that I had lost Manon, Arthur's brother, the two sons left from Merlin and Abby who had turned 14 in July. Mm-hmm. He died eight days after, and then I lost Galahad five weeks ago at 12 and a half. Arthur and Arthur's nephew, but I still have his niece, Galahad's uh, sister, Sheila. And then Amy Miss Psycho Panties. Miss <laughs> Psycho Panties, I love that name. Yeah, Psycho Panties. Well, you know, you have to realize that these are these are, you know, these are not pets. You know, you are you are the caretaker of a wild breed. So Psycho yeah. Annie's earned her psycho. She's not a pet. I bought a brand new. I bought a brand new three hundred dollar light that was in a box. And I put the box on the floor about a foot away from her kennel. And two days later, the box was next to her kennel, and she had ripped open a three-inch wide gash from the bottom corner up about six inches and pulled the electric cord out and chopped it up into 11 segmented pieces. (laughs) The the it's one of those it's a heavy duty cord like you would use for a computer okay. monitor. Uh huh. I know it's funny. Okay, it's it's a heavy duty. It's not cord because like it wasn't my three hundred dollars. <laughs> well, I got another cord for shipping for seven dollars and twenty cents. So Good. I told the guy the story. Um, but the plugs are the plug ends are missing. I don't know where they are. I can't find well, them. Well, as you're cleaning for poop, out, you will find them. Possibly. Or little little uh, plug blades, maybe. Well, yeah, a round one and two flat ones, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to go sticking the stick in there. And I just hope if she did eat them that uh, they were kind to her intestines while she was passing them. I, that could be trouble. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, she's like 100 pounds, so. Um, who knows? They they could be buried somewhere. Um, but I just paid for the cord this morning, so hopefully it'll be here next week. <laughs> Psychopanic. But I swear she's—that's the reason. One of the reasons why I named nicknamed her that is because it not only does she have this psycho fetish with plastic bags she just shreds them she doesn't eat them now because of this cord which she smelled through she actually it's that not the kind of white insulation you find in a box with a tv 
but the kind that's almost kind of a little opaque, so it's a little bit squishy. Mm-hmm. Um, she tore she tore all that stuff up too, in the in that corner. And so what I've determined is that because uh, she doesn't that's like she plastic, good, good noses, she doesn't like petroleum stuff. Ah. Or the, whatever it is that's the petroleum stuff that makes plastic. She just hates it. Good girl. That's <laughs> a dog after my own heart. You know, I don't own, I have no Tupperware. I don't use plastic at all. I hate it. I have my, my grandma's 1920s uh, glass refrigerator oh, dishes. Plastic absorbs shit. Oh, wow. It's supposed to absorb and you oh, use yeah. it. And, and you know, it stains with tomato sauce. Well, you know, that means that there's something embedded in there. And, you know, that, that it doesn't just stain it red for no reason. It means there's still tomato sauce in that plastic and it's, you know, botulism waiting to happen or something. I don't know. I just don't use plastic. I don't like it. I like my no, grandma's I, glass yeah, refrigerator I, I dishes. Agree. So, yay, yay, um, send me Psycho Dog. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the thing I found out about. Uh, you ever heard of Teflon flu? Mm-mm. Yeah, a friend of mine told me about it. I guess that people can actually. Can you know what? Let's talk really... about this. Let's talk about this when I call you because we're still on the show. Well, I'll just I'll just, just end it really quick. People can get people can get really sick, and I did once. Unless it was something else, I'll tell you about that later. Um, and so now I I I will not use the only kind of cookware I will use is either cast iron, or like corning, either corning glass or or. They also make uh, uh, enameled stuff. That's I use I cook in cast iron, use. so I'm freaking out about a plastic bowl holding tomato sauce. We know what cast iron does; it absorbs everything. But I don't care. I love cast iron. And you know, most of the time I grill. I have a grill outside, pouring down rain all winter long. It can be icy out, and I will still be outside grilling. I'll go throw my meat on the grill and then bring there it in the people, house. There are people. The friend of mine who told me about the Teflon flu. His family's like that. They mm-hmm. do stuff in the middle of the winter. I do all the time. I just I just grilled uh, these sausage things last night on the grill. Yeah, Pouring when down it's rain, like five storm. degrees or zero out, he's outside grilling. Yep, me too. <laughs> I just like it. I love the flavor, and it's good for me. You know, uh, I just yeah, recently had a doctor's appointment, and my cholesterol is lower than any of her other patients ever. You know, she she just can't believe that I have such fantastic cholesterol. Everything I eat is grilled. And and um. Just to drop one last thing on that is that lard or even bear grease are the healthiest things to use. Mm-hmm. Butter would be next, but margarine, but butter's really not that bad for you. Margarine, obviously, or uh, um, yeah, margarine because margarine is like plastic. Do you guys know no, what that, is that margarine was believe, invented by somebody who butter. was trying to come up with yeah. a formula for formaldehyde? And oh, that was it. Yep. It's one and molecule off if you of put out, if it Exactly. If you put out... Um, a tub of it, a, a, the insects If you put out a thing it. of margarine outside, bugs will not touch it. A fly will not land and on I, it. You put butter and yep. margarine, and your butter will be covered in bugs. They will not... A, a fly will not even land on, touch, get near margarine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm yeah, a and I can't remember. I think it has a really long half-life. I think it has a really long half-life, too. Well, didn't they find it in one of the pyramids? I mean, really. <laughs> right next to that Twinkie and the McDonald's Big Mac. 
in the whole hole. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right, tell everyone how to find you. I did. Oh, tell them once again. Just the, you give me your Facebook page. That'll work. Um, just type in uh, Poetry in the Wind as one word, no spaces. Awesome. And you'll find me there with a, I forgot, the, the cool composite picture that Nyla made for me. Yes, because I'm the coolest I'm waiting, picture maker I'm, in the world. And I'm waiting for a new one with the picture I sent you on Facebook Instant Messenger. Yeah, you think I, everyone thinks that I just have, I, I just, I have to go find it. <laughs> I, I just, I just, um, it's buried somewhere, I'm sure. I sent it right. to you last May. I'm, then it's really One, buried under like 5,000 unread messages. Well, it's in the you may instant need to send it to me so again. All you, all you have to do is open up instant messages. Oh, message, I'll just scroll up. It'll be. It should be like the second, second thing there. Okay. The the second most recent thing. Okay. Two, because I sent you a couple of texts or IMs, like the last time you called a month ago or so. Okay. All right, that works for me. I'm smiling. Right. I'm smiling in the picture. <laughs> Then I really need to go find that. It's a picture up against, or not? I'm 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 standing in front of a a, a tall wall of my house that has slab wood on it. Okay. It's all all weathered gray. All right. Are you going to call in next week? Actually, I sent you. Yes, I actually sorry. I sent you two pictures, two copies of it because my. My fraternity brother and then this high school classmate of mine came down. They both became friends after college up in Minneapolis, um, which I found really interesting. But Dan is actually a really good writer, my fraternity brother. And read the first one because I won't tell you anything about it. It's just super hilarious. And he, he 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 goes and runs the rim to rim. He's like 56. Or 55, he goes and runs the rim-to-rim run, which is in the Grand, from one end of the rim to the other on the Grand Canyon. That's not easy he to do. He wrote a poem when it's he was so out there. hot. No. No. Yeah. Um, he goes in the spring before it starts getting really hot. Okay. Um, he wrote a piece about it. It was actually really good. I think I have it somewhere. See if I can find it and I could send it to you. They call him Danimal. <laughs> That's funny. That's his nickname. Yeah, he's a he. Him and Bill met. Uh, they both rollerblade. I can't do that out here because most of the roads are too rough. Yep. And my driveway's all gravel. <laughs> no, I'm picturing that. That's too funny. <laughs> your teeth chattering and your beard waving. All right. Yep. We will talk to you next, James. You have a happy Merry Christmas, and I love you dearly. I'm really glad you called in tonight. And my birthday is next week. I know. So, that was okay. the reminder Great. So, alarm, right? <laughs> no. Birthday next uh, week, ding, yeah, ding, ding, actually, ding. it was a reminder that I have to call you. So. Oh, cool. Well, I will call you tomorrow. Yeah, not to call the show, because that's another one that I have. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't been working lately. Just saying. Love you. Talk to you next week. Bye.
No, I keep snoozing. I've been sleeping in the evening again because I've been having problems sleeping at night. Well, I'll call you. I'll make sure you call in next week. You'll be here. Okay. All right. Bye-bye, sweetie. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Nyla. Thanks, everybody. Bye. All right, you guys. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Thank you for being here tonight, both callers and listeners. I love you guys all very dearly. Have a beautiful holiday season. I am going to close the show tonight with a piece by... Um, let's do, well, that doesn't sound very nice. We won't play that one. It's a great poem, but it's just not one to close the show with this week. Let's do, dun, dun, dun. Let's do, let's do, I should have had this already done. This is me stalling. I should have had it done already. We're going to do one by... Um, I'm still stalling. There's one I was looking for. Let's do A Poet's Dream by Kenny Stewart. We haven't heard from him in a while, and it's just a great great sentiment to leave the uh, the show on. So we'll talk to you next week, guys. Love you, and good night. I finally changed the light bulbs in my bedroom today. <laughs> Wrong one. Okay, this is Kenny Stewart. But I d- and I really didn't change the light bulbs in my bedroom. We'll listen to her next week. We'll start the show off with her, Kylie, next week. All right, but anyway, this is Kenny Stewart, a poet's dream. Good night, everybody. Is it in a poet's dream? to leave etched in stone musings in the imaginations of those here and those who are not yet born, leaving ourselves not quite immortal, yet centuries shall pass for the elements to fade these etchings worn. And is it in a poet's dream to be viewed as a horizon, truly all those who look in our direction, yet remaining elusive to their outreached detection, being like that line between earth and sky, never diminishing in its distance, always visible beyond our existence. And is it in a poet's dream to answer riddles within our dancing words, to cast fresh perspectives upon the herds who are desperately stepping within our wake to find this higher ground? Through our translucent clarity, can it be found? Is it in a poet's dream to take flight on the feather than it me? And with stardust inkwells light lifestyles To follow our passion on all eyes When seen, will we be recognized or plagiarized? What is in a poet's dream? I don't know, I haven't seen My mind has spared me in my sleep My most poetic seed so deep If one should see this, what would I see? Poets, please write